0: Hello, beautiful people. It is, oh shit, this is the most wild NFL offseason of all time. Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. This sports show begins right now! Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. All the boys are here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor holding down the toxic table. I appreciate you, boys. Hey, I appreciate, appreciate you, you Pat. Pat. I appreciate you, boys. One half of the hammer done. done. Cowboys, Tone Diggs is here. Sup, dude? Sup, dude? Chiefs are dead. All right, let's <laughs> dive right into it. Uh, news broke this morning that really struck us all by surprise. Tyreek Hill has been given the okay to seek a trade away from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, none of us knew this was happening. No, none of us could have expected this. What the hell is going on in the NFL? Russell Wilson, traded. Devontae Adams, traded. How you doing? Keep it moving. Deshaun Watson, traded. Now Tyreek Hill, in my eyes, Okay, as somebody who had the punt of ball to him and as somebody that has watched him play football now a lot, like you guys, uh, they're on national television, the most explosive player to ever come into the NFL. I understand Randy Moss, best wide receiver of all time. Okay, Randy Moss did things that nobody else did. Randy Moss also six foot four, fucking just freak show. He'd take the top off of anybody, do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. I understand Jerry Rice, very, very good. Tyreek Hill, though, the way he has been used by Andy Reid, he is an Always on electrifying. Wide receiver. He's running two miles before the play even starts, okay? Before the play even starts, he's running gassers back and forth. And whoever has to cover him, not only do they have to keep up with a guy that runs a fucking probably on-field 4-2, but they also have to keep up with him cardio-wise. And somehow this guy's body's been able to be faster than everybody, more durable than everybody, hasn't blown out any muscles, and he's also tough. He takes hits and everything like that, and he's in shape. He is a guy that if you get him on your team, you'd get him on your team. And you would think that the Kansas City Chiefs 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 would understand that, hey, we got Tyreek Hill, we got Travis Kelsey, these motherfuckers don't have enough people, we can beat whoever, whenever, however, even though Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable, I think whenever you take Tyreek Hill out of there you're going to see a little bit of a drop-off and a little bit of a difference on how people play you. I might be wrong. I'm not as high of a football IQ person as Andy Reid, obviously, but this dude is who I assume a lot of teams are just finding out about being available or who they're going to want on their team. Now, granted, it's supposed to be a first and a second rounder to trade for Tyreek Hill, depending upon which reports you listen to. Early reports said they wanted two first. Mm -hmm. My first response immediately upon hearing that is, Nobody's going to spend two first <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> on a wide receiver. Then the internet followed up. Andrew Brandt said nobody's going to spend. Two first-rounders for a wide receiver. Then the internet said, hey, those who are saying it's two first-rounders, not accurate. It's actually going to be a first and a second is what they think it's going to take to get Tyreek Hill. But once again, we don't know shit about fuck until it actually happens. Allegedly, the Dolphins and the Jets are the two favorites to get Tyreek Hill. At Bubba Gumpino, diehard Miami Dolphins fan, you guys get a new coach. You got a quarterback that they're saying, hey, this is our quarterback. Uh, You get a backup in Teddy Bridgewater, who's awesome. You got Waddle, obviously. You got Devontae down there. Now you potentially get Tyree Killner. Is two going to be able to get him to rock
1: G- Gumpy? and Waddle run wild. We got Armstead O-line now. I mean, if we get it done, come on. We'll win the Super Bowl in March. Let's go. Okay,
0: so we talked to Chris Bowd yesterday, Indianapolis coach general manager, and he said, obviously Super Bowls are won in a two-week span in March. Mm-hmm. And he said that to us, I think, last year, too, whenever the uh-huh. hype of the free agency is insane. But this particular year, the big names are moving. Tyree Kill is an immediate game-changer. He changes the the math right you hear like Darius Butler or any of the people in the defensive talk it changes the math changes the math we don't have enough motherfuckers to cover this guy that guy because we got to have at least three sets of eyes on this son of a bitch because he's faster than fucking everybody <laughs>
2: Go ahead, dude. Uh, as soon as the show started uh, Schefter tweeted that the Jets and Dolphins both now have the trades in place uh, that they're just waiting on Tyree kill to decide and basically he is torn. How, a lot of people how? underneath commenting the 10% tax rate in Jersey. I mean, he could live in New York too, or the 0% in Florida.
0: Nobody lives in New York to place for the Giants or Jets, I don't
2: think. Okay, so Jersey then would be the 10%. I think
0: they all live in Jersey. Not, I mean, that's quite a broad brush I just painted. <laughs> I assume somebody lived <laughs> wow. in the city, but I do believe a massive amount yep. of them live in New Jersey because that's where everything is, the Meadowlands and everything. Commute into New York for date night, yeah, yeah, sure. night, sure. everything sure. like yeah. that. But no state tax, and you're in Miami. Yeah. Mike McDaniel seems to be one of the coolest dudes of all time. Not that Bob Sala isn't. What if the Dolphins just make all these fucking plays? That's wild. Congrats to you on your patience for 30 <laughs> years. Wow. There we go, go. I still don't know why he's a Colt. Let's transition uh, out of the NFL, although a lot more will happen today, we assume. Is Tyreek Hill going to be on a move today? We will keep an eye and an ear to the ground on all of that. Now we get a chance to get joined by one of the most electrifying characters in all of sports. Oh, yeah. Somebody that we were introduced to whenever there was no crowd in the fucking UFC. Mm-hmm. A guy that came out, dominated, talked shit in an incredible accent. Yeah. And then we all said, holy hell, who the fuck is this guy? Patty the Batty. Who is Patty the Batty? Then we heard the noise get made. Then we heard all the side stuff. We said, this guy's hysterical. This guy's a badass. This guy's seasoned. And he says to Dana White, you get us in the O2, we'll blow the roof off the gaff. We (laughs) said, what the fuck is a gaff? It's a house. He did just (laughs) that. First round sub this past weekend. Now I believe he's in a food coma and hopefully taking care of his LCL. Ladies and gentlemen, the next face of the fight game. Patty the Batty Pig. Yeah, What's up, dude?
3: What's up, man? How are we, the fellas? What's going down?
0: Hey, am I allowed to say Scousers? Is that something like only Liverpool people are allowed to say?
3: No, you can say it if you want, but it's, it's Scousers, not Scousers.
0: Okay, Scousers.
3: There you go. Hey,
0: are you the toughest Scouser of all time, or is this a natural thing for Scousers to be badass humans?
3: We're just just all badass, to be fair, but there's a lot of fighters from this city, like, a lot of fighters.
0: How'd you get into it originally? You were fighting on the street, and then people said, hey, you should start training, or have you always been mixed martial arts badass?
3: Um, I just started doing MMA when I was 15 and was good at it, so continued to train.
0: We talked about... Uh, we, we, we watched them talk during your fight, okay? And it was interesting. It was a quick fight, obviously. Hey, first round. Hey. Hey. Torn an LCL. <laughs> Ain't nothing to do a scouser. It's always going to be entertaining <laughs> whenever you fight. But we heard them talk and they said, everybody thinks Patty's like a bomb thrower and like you knock people out. He's like... This dude is a jiu-jitsu master on the mat. I don't think a lot of us knew that because we're kind of getting introduced to you. Is that something that you have always been better at? Have you been a bomb thrower or you kind of got both of them? That's why you're the next fighter in this whole game.
3: Um, well, years ago I was just a grappler, you know what I mean? I had to evolve my game and become a striker also. That's why in my first UFC fight I wanted to show everyone me striking because a lot of people were just calling me a grappler. That's why I said he's getting knocked out. And then that's why in this this fight didn't really mind. They said he's getting finished in the first. I don't know if I'm going to knock him out or something because just whatever comes. And I just took whatever came and it was his neck. <laughs>
0: Dude, you just, <laughs> hey, when you got his back and you're just drumming his face, like it literally, and I'm not a fighter and I know nothing about it, but we could almost see you saying, right, you're going to give me your fucking chin at some point. All right, just give me it. Now, you had your legs completely. I mean, I've never seen somebody more comfortable just completely locked in around that fucking guy like a goddamn boa. (laughs) And then you're playing drums on his face. And it's like, hey, you're going to give me this chin at some point. And then as soon as you locked in, it's over, it's over. And then you go bananas. And I think the fact that you go bananas is why we all love you so much. Before that fight, okay? Oh, patty the patty. Oh, Betty the Betty. and you're fucking high-fiving everybody you're dancing around you're doing that whole thing and then moments before the fight started you like you flip the switch you flip the switch and you became like this locked in human being is that how you are every fight are you always loose and then once the cage gets in there you become a maniac or is that just natural for you
3: yeah that's just that's just what i do like i, I enjoy the walk out the walk boss i love jumping up and down and Getting the crowd going, that's what I was I was born to do. But once the cave door shuts, it's only you and him in there. So you need to keep your eyes on him and get worrying about him. Until you've won, that's when you need to you forget about the crowd until you've won.
0: Do you is there any uh, intimidation that happens in there from you to him or him to you before the fight? Are you trying to do mental games at all or is it just you doing your thing?
3: Yeah, yeah you probably could be saying you're trying to use a mental game to be honest, yeah, but you just know once everyone gets out the cage it's just you and him in there that it's you and him having a fist fight you haven't really got to worry about anyone else so if you wanted to get a little advantage doing that then yeah but I just see it as i want to punch you on it then now <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey he said that he thought you weren't serious enough to be in the fight game I'm assuming you've heard that forever have you always been this carefree and joyful and do you see this being for you for the rest of your life
3: yeah this is me forever like, I can't help it I just enjoy fighting with people It sounds mad to say, but I enjoy getting punched and punching people in the head, even though I hardly punched them in the head or kicked them more.
0: Hey, Patty! right before they announced you as the winner, one of the funniest things of all time, and it kind of got lost in all of it because you jumped over, dapped up Dana White, you did the whole thing. Right before they said, you're a winner, you you did a... You, he had your hand, you did this, like, shrug smile to the camera. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I, I started laughing so hard. My wife dying laughing. You were beloved by everybody. Have you talked to Dana since the fight? And has he thanked you for everything you've brought to the fight game? Because you are different than everybody. Everybody, it feels like.
3: No, I haven't. I haven't spoke to him since the fight. Like, since I jumped over and whispered in his ear. He's probably back in America now. But I'm hoping to be back in America in the next few weeks. So you never know, could end up bumping into him again.
0: What'd you whisper in his ear?
3: Um that's definitely another fifty grand for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never in a boring fight.
0: Uh were you surprised you weren't one of the co main events?
3: No, because Arnold Allen's on he's on a now fight Win now and Tom Aspinall's the heavyweight main event ladder. I, I I gathered that to be honest, I knew it wouldn't be. Um, but I'm just made up for them too as well, getting the win, made up for Molly getting the win, and it was a big night for UK MMA in general.
0: The, hey, um, the building football. showed up too, the fans were fucking awesome, Patty.
3: That's well. swell Imagine when you come to Liverpool. Imagine when he actually comes to Liverpool. Because like, that's London, that's not my hometown.
0: Hey, those people are all there for you? Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I was so confused. I was watching the fight. I actually put out a tweet, and uh, you want not have seen this, obviously, but a lot of people did. I said, hey, can somebody let me know when Paddy's fight is? Like, when is Paddy's fight? I literally just tweeted that out. And they're like, it should be around 5.30. I'm like, oh, so that must be the end of this thing. So then I go over at 5.30, and, you know, the math of the time, six hours, <laughs> I think, five, I can, fuck, I'm too dumb for that. But I literally <laughs> turn on the fight, and they're like, after the thing, they're like, oh, there's more fights after this. I was like, whoa, whoa 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 what is the deal i thought you were going to be the the show stopper. i understand a guy did a great job but the fans throughout the entire night were banana lands you said let's go to anfield why that, do you think dana's going to do more european fights after how the fans showed up and how the night went
3: yeah 100 he's going to come back to the uk before the end of the year i know he is and that probably will be the main event
0: how about that guy that called you out what's that all about
3: Hand sanitizer, boy.
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
3: Um, Give him his due, lad. He looked good. He did, but he got it with that head kick hard. If I hit him with that head kick, lad, he doesn't recover. I take his back and show him dead fast. But um, <laughs> you never know. Could end up fighting him in the future. For now, lad, I'm 1-0 up. Lad. I bounced the hand sanitizer off his head and he done nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Oh, my God. Okay, so let's move. You are the guy that everybody's calling out now. Is that interesting? Because you've probably been the guy hunting for a long time, hunting now. Now you've become the guy with a bullseye on your back. And you said you're not going to... The lion doesn't concern themselves with the opinion of the sheep. You are the lion in this game. Your mane, by the way, is... Fantastic. The oh hair yes. the hair is fantastic. The only person you called out was Instagram, I think. And you didn't call them lizards this time, but you called them the biggest bullies of all time. Are you still battling with Instagram? What's that all about?
3: Yeah, three weeks before my me fight, my me new account got disabled on 920,000 followers.
0: Why? What did you do? Do you bully people on there? What do you do?
3: Because I put a video of a young boy who's three, and he's got a, he's got a disease. He's dying, know what I mean? And I brought him on the stage with me at the UFC weigh-in and some piece of shit commented something horrible about him, so I reported the comments. Instagram didn't remove the comments, so I then went in on one on him saying you're a piece of dog shit. Um, my account got to call me the next day for calling him a piece of dog shit
0: <laughs> isn't that bullshit hey isn't that isn't that it because he that person who's a nobody could say something and if you respond you're not professional you're uh, violating policies and everything like that
3: it's a, it's an absolute disgrace so that's why i had that to say about zuckerberg like he is he's the biggest bully on the planet he's took my livelihood away from me the, the me me platform that i use to help people with mental health and charities and little kids go for me pages they took that away from me well you know it's all right because they're still earning money
0: how old are you patty
3: 27
0: you have this joy about you dude it is it is awesome to watch why do you think that is you do you just enjoy every moment of your life do you try not to like uh you know focus on any of the bad shit why do you think you are such a positive person in a combat sport
3: Because I'm just not like everyone else, you know what I mean? Everyone else tries to conform to one way or the other, like they'll try and be something they're not, where I'm just me. (laughs) If anyone ever wanted me to be anything else, they wouldn't, I'd just be weird, because I'm just me. I don't try and put on any act, I don't try and do anything different, and I think people can just see how much of a genuine person I am, and that's what draws them to me. And the fact I go wild when I win
0: yeah how do you not though right aren't you like super like at that moment whenever you do the shrug is it like everything i've worked my ass off all the dieting i've done where by the way we've seen you oh. hey you cleaned some shit up here last night i think i saw you with a couple burgers some pizza some wings, oh, yeah. an entire thing you right. actually said i'm going into a food i'm gonna get a little fat you said me gonna get a little the last
3: the last sunday night monday night tuesday night i've ended up in a food coma three nights on the bounce the Are missus you... isn't happy
0: Hey, when you retire, <laughs> hey, when you retire, you're gonna be like 300, 400 pounds, or what?
3: Yeah, when I retire, like, I'm moving over to America. I'm just gonna eat pure fucking <laughs> all sorts. Yeah, look, that was last night. I ate, I ate most. I ate me burger, a portion of chips, and a full portion of them wings. And then before there was far, another f- half a portion of wings left, and half of me birds wrap. So I ate me birds wrap and the wings. Hey. When I got back from my run.
0: Hey, congrats on enjoying <laughs> yeah, life. Hell yeah. But wh- how long is the fight camp? How long is the diet? What is the training like getting ready for that fight that ended? Was like in-
3: that fight was like 10 weeks or something, which is mad because for 10 weeks I eat, I eat like, like a monk. I've got to train like a monk and then all everything else. I don't go out, I have a bevy, don't do nothing. And then literally away in it, set 155. And then now it's Wednesday and I'm about. 188 or something.
0: <laughs> How long does it take for you to get back down in the 10 weeks? Does it go quick? Like, are you back in it,
3: shape? Yeah, I get back down to 77 like in about four or five weeks. And then from there, I just maintain and slowly get my weight down because I still do like 10 pounds in water.
0: What happened to your LCL? What is your LCL? Is that, that's one of the ligaments, obviously. You tore that in practice? Yeah, I,
3: I popped it the other week when I was wrestling with Jason. It popped. And obviously, I just got on with it and put the next, like, later on that day, I couldn't walk properly. It was three weeks out, and then on the Friday, I had to work around it. And I just had to take lots of anti-inflammatories and not do much on it for a few, like, for a little week. Did it worry it you? Down. Did it went down. So worry it's, still, you at all? it's still injured now, but I just crack on, lad. We're not, we're not bitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did that worry you at all or no?
3: I've done it before, I've done it before, leading into a fight, I'm like hypermobile, Me flexibility is quite weird, so me popping stuff is quite normal. Are
0: you going to get surgery on that, get fixed, or is it just going to heal no, itself because you're Yeah, pat- just
3: I'll let that heal up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when is your next fight, you think? Have you? T- I guess you haven't talked to Dana, you said you're coming back to America in a couple of weeks, I think the whole world would like to see you back in there, but hey, for the right fucking price, Patty, make sure it's for the right yeah, price. Yeah,
3: of course, I'm open. I'm open. we get contact renegotiating after this one, like, because i proved prove that much I'm worth the other night with a the crowd there. Yeah, and
0: there's it's been reported you made twelve grand to show up, twelve grand for the win, and then a fifty thousand dollar bonus. You don't have to tell us if those are accurate numbers or not, but are you negotiating those or you have an agent negotiating you with those or Yeah, the
3: like manager doing it for me and he's he does not he's always got my best interests at heart, so I'll always have him doing it for me.
0: Hey, I think Dana knows now. It has to. Yeah. I don't know uh-huh. how I did not before. I think we all knew. Honestly, when I turned that fight on, I thought you were the fucking main event. I thought it was the last fight. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. How do we go from here? And then I'm like, oh, we got two more fights left. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> how is that even possible? It was. What was it like afterwards? The party, the bevies, pretty heavy?
3: It was quality, to be honest. Like, I was just saying, yeah, I'm more about my food than my drink. So I had one one alcoholic drink and then just ordered loads of wings and uh, burgers and that. <laughs> I was starving, lad. What? Absolutely, Hank Marvin.
0: You and me, Paul Molly, just fucking destroy a, a restaurant? Well, Molly,
3: Molly was Marvin. drinking alcohol raw, lad. She was drinking it raw, and she just runs around on one, and then I'm just sitting there with me burger.
0: You two train together. Big friends, good friends. How long have you known each other?
3: About 10 years, 9, 10 years. I mean. Long time.
0: What was that song you guys were singing in the locker room before? It looked like the most peaceful locker room of all time. You two started singing that song. It was like the greatest promo video I've seen. What was that's, that song?
3: Um, that's our mates from Liverpool, my mate Jamie Webster. That's his song, to be honest. Uh, Weekend in Paradise, I think it was, we were singing, but he's got two albums out, so we have his tunes on all the time.
0: Last question from me before the boys have them. Justice for 90...
3: The ninety-seven.
0: 97. Okay. So I've heard 96 and 97. I, I tried to look up what it was. Something happened where there still has yeah,
3: been... It was 96, but then someone, another person, sh- I think it was last year, succumbed to their injuries Yeah, last year. So it's the 97 now.
0: What is that? So for the Americans that don't know, because obviously it was something that the entire arena was singing alongside of you and you're a very passionate person, good person. It had to be something. I looked into it a little bit. I don't think I fully understood what it was though.
3: Like, over 30 years ago now, I wasn't even alive at the time, because um, of like, police errors at a stadium, bad communication between the police, they let like, too many fans in, and they used to have big metal fences at the front, and where there was too many fans in there, people got crushed against the fences, people suffocated and died and stuff, and for a while after it, Liverpool fans got to the blame, there was papers reporting that we were pickpocketing, well, Fans were pickpocketing dead people on the floor and pissing on them and that, like you ordinating on them. and So that's another reason why I say we don't buy this one because in our city we don't. That paper tried to make us look like disgusting soul rags. And some of, the, some of the, well, a lot of the, the cunts believe that at the first, the establishment worked against us, but you never keep a scouted down, lad. And we come back with a vengeance.
0: Hey, thanks for taking a stand for that and opening that up for a lot of people. Because I, I honestly looked it up and I'm like, man, this guy seems to be the perfect fucking human. He's happy. He beats people's ass, seems to take care of people. And now he's screaming for something that's happened before he was even alive. Hey, Patty, you're a fucking awesome guy. I hope you know that. I mean, you eat a lot of food, you beat the fuck out of people. You're <laughs> you know. an awesome dude, though. I hope you know that we you have a massive amount of fans everywhere. Go ahead, Ty.
4: Patty, as your uh, notoriety and like your star increases, have you thought about, you know, like obviously everyone just immediately compares you to being like, like Conor McGregor, like, are there guys that you want to call out or that you have your eye on, or is it really just like a hey whoever they put in front of me for the time being, I'm just gonna continue to beat their ass. Like, is there anyone you're you're kind of eyeing up
3: that you'd like to fight coming up? Um, nah, it's just it really is genuinely for me. Whoever they put in front of me, I don't I don't care. Like I'll fight anyone, but make sure what I'm getting paid is worth what I'm getting paid to fight this person. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is a business now. This is a business now. This isn't back what whenever. Is? Yeah, whenever you're, you're selling out fucking arenas, Patty. Do, you, do you, Think about that. I know you've talked about it a lot, and I think the reason why I like you so much, and I put out a tweet that I'm so happy for this dude, a lot of people talk. You know, a lot of people talk, a lot of people talk. You talk, hey, I'm the new face of the fight game, you know, with your incredible accent you actually say, and it's like, oh, <laughs> shit, I like the moxie on this guy. And then you go and just bury people. It is, not a lot of people can do both. I, like, not a lot of people can do, you're a special fucking human, Patty.
3: That's just me, that, that I always say, it. I was put on this earth to do this, fight, fight people and entertain people. I'm just good at it. People say the are drawn to me, and I've got that if factor, and- sad. That's boss, lad. It's nice to hear because I'm just being myself. Hey, you
0: used to be known as grappling, grappler now. You worked on your fighting. Is there anything you've got to continue to work on right now or you feel like you're the best fighter you can be?
3: No, that's, that's how I fucked up years ago, lad, thinking I was the best and I was only 21. You get better every single day in the gym training, so I'll be back in the gym next few days working my ass off again, lad, to get better.
0: Hey, that's a miserable profession, that training. It is so tiring. So tiring. I mean, the cardio is exhausting. And you're also eating punches. Yeah. People are doing everything. You just, you enjoy, you love every part of it, huh?
3: Yeah. The, the the part I hate the most is the dieting. And that's a fact. That's what I hate the most about this, this sport in general, dieting. Will you ever go up a weight class? No, I'm too small for that weight class. But, uh in the future when I get a bit older and I am a bit like more naturally bigger as well and yet yeah, maybe, but for now I'm a 155 What's the
0: goal? What's the goal for you in this entire thing? Just to become the greatest of all time?
3: Yeah, because I do this for legacy. I don't do it for fame or fortune or anything. I got into this sport just to show them how good I am.
0: Let's get some fortune though, you know. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that comes with the chelsea.
5: <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Maddie, do you have like a mental timeline of when you wanna fight for the title? Like do you think that's something that'll happen before the year's out, or is that almost something No, that- I'm
3: not unrealistic, lad. That's gonna be like a twenty twenty five thing or something lad. What? How come? Just take it one step at a time, lad. we'll see. Especially now the way my money is, lad. If I'm fighting for this amount of money, then I won't I done I Don't want to fight anywhere near for the title, yeah. I want to be getting paid championship money before I even fight for the title.
0: Oh, that's smart, by the way, because yeah. you're bringing championship sales. Mm-hmm. Hey, that guy hits you with the. Fu- I mean, Bisbing asked you about a bunch, and by the way, Bisbing, I, I don't, I don't know enough about him. A lot of respect, though. Massive respect. He does well. But all he, like, all he talked about and all the people talked about is, oh, he caught you early. He caught him early with a punch that wasn't expected. That's why the entire thing went to the ground, basically. I think the last time we talked to you, you said like when you get punched in the face, it like, wakes you up. Is that, Did that happen in that fight? Yeah. Uh, is, and as
3: we said, Paul said to me as, as we went back in the back, say lad, what did I say? Can he, because... I said to Paul, i think we're going to have to start getting Paul to punch me in the back before I walk out. Yeah, that's
0: what I was about to <laughs> say. Can we stop that? Can we it's change real. that a little bit or no?
3: I lad, I'm going to have to get a proper slap across the face or something just yeah. to wake me up. Because hey. I do it all the time, lad. It does me own heading, but it's one of them, lad. <laughs> it makes the fight even better. Because without that, lad, that would have just been a little takedown. Domination on top for a minute and then a the submission like it was anyway, but I got the crowd going first, lad, got the heart sinking.
0: Yeah, you got mine. I mean, I was watching like, oh, shit, Dude, what's going <laughs> on? And then I remembered, I literally remembered you saying, no, I got to get punched in me face to wake up or whatever. I'm like, what a fucking specimen you are. Was there, <laughs> was there any moments you were worried or out or close? to No. When you stumbled there, there was, it was just like, oh, shit, didn't expect that to come. There was never a worry. Yeah,
3: no, uh, like that's something else what to do a lot as well is shoot a stupid sloppy single leg takedown, lad. I always do it. Say like someone catches me with a punch in a fight, i lean against the cage and then po- push off the cage and do it. That's where like I let people push me to the cage too much. That's something I need to work on. But like the takedown was fucking disgraceful. I'm so disappointed in myself. Like, so, like when he asked me about me performance, it was like about a five out of ten because that was that wasn't a good performance. That personally, like I just got the win.
0: Hey, don't, hey, you gotta win, dude. Alright? Yeah. Listen, you can work, you can watch film, you can get better. Let's not get crazy. As soon as that thing went to the ground, that's when I think we all learned that you were an incredible grappler and a jiu guy. I was like, no, Patty, this is where Patty wants to be. This is exactly where it was. I'm like, really? I didn't fucking know that. And literally, look, your legs so far wrapped around, that's like that's like teach tape, right? Like, hey, try to get your legs wrapped around as close as possible and then just play drums on his cheeks. Literally, you just play drums on his cheeks and then you choke him out. There was never a doubt, huh? You were in complete control that entire time on the ground?
3: Yeah, I, I knew that was coming, lad. As soon as I got on top of him, like if you watch it, I think, I think within yeah, – it's like I get from the moment I get on top, it's like 50 seconds until I submit him. You know what I mean, I knew it was gonna be like that as soon as he'd give me his back. That's what we said. Like if you probably on me vlogs it'll be on where Ellis Ellis and Paul will say paddy'll end up on top. You'll uh, Vargas will make a mistake and give us back and that's it, Paddy will capitalise from there and that's exactly what happened.
0: Is that how you planned is that like every fight you have a game plan on how you can beat said person? Like this one you probably knew was gonna end up in a sub or no?
3: That, but we yeah, that was what we said before and like it's more than likely gonna be a submission this one and I'll probably end up taking his back because he gives you his back.
0: How's your cardio? Are you just incredible cardio? You didn't look tired at all, ever. And you celebrate no, it like the like, wasted energy, people call it. You do I it used
3: all. To, I used to be bad, you know what I mean, when I used to cut a lot of weight to make 145. But ever since I moved up to 55 and started working with my S&C coach and nutritionist now, Paul Reed, my cardio is perfect.
0: <laughs> Did you just burp up a burger right there in the middle of your sentence?
3: Yeah, babe, mid mid sentence day. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's yeah. on the menu for
3: today? Well, I'm just eating some galaxy chocolate now.
0: What is that right. galaxy chocolate?
3: Galaxy got caramel in the middle. Oh,
0: <laughs>
3: nice! Milk
0: chocolate there, dark chocolate.
3: No milk, and then these are the maltsies are truffles. Hey, so today's L- a sweets.
0: Yeah. Today's a sweets day. Oh, oh I
3: my! Mean, days are sweet, though. <laughs> Except <laughs> so for like those ten th- home. Except
0: for those ten um, weeks that you got to fight somebody.
3: I came home and the misses had all that. Just there. Oh, oh yes! Wow. wow! Congrats on the win! <laughs> oh, was a gaff lad.
0: Oh! Look at that egg. So that's like the uh, European her- uh, Reeses.
1: Oh. <laughs> Let's go dude!
0: Oh donuts! donuts? Oh! Let's go, big cat just saw that one banana. Let's
3: go. These and heavy these cookies get on these. Oh my
6: god. Oh my
4: god, is that
0: chocolate chip there?
3: Yeah, think the heavy, and then he bit dip. And then the L cheesecake.
0: Is that all today or is that just in the next few days or whenever you get to Nah, this is
3: next next few days, next few days.
0: Oh, my God. Man, I love you. I think that is is
3: something that
0: I'm an eater as well. Have you always been? I'm a a bad eater, lad. I'm terrible for it. Like, I eat too much. No, you don't. You fucking eat. And then for 10 weeks, you don't. You beat people up in front of thousands and thousands of people. Then you eat again. You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine.
3: That's that, that that's a good ratio there, you're right. That's what I do. I get fat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you get 10 weeks, you get thin. And you become a fighting yeah. machine. <laughs> then you kill people. Then you don't, man. It is. So we used to have to do that for weed, right? So like for the NFL, we get tested for weed. Everybody's got to stop smoking for like a month. You just have to stop eating for two and a half months, you know, and then you're off and running.
3: That is what I have to do.
0: Get off that, you little bastard. Who's that, dog? What is that, dog?
3: Yeah, eating me wrappers.
0: What type of dog do you have?
3: An XL bulldog, yes. Lenny? Who's that? Oh! Oh. Sit! Who's that, Lenny? Just sassity rappers and not. No, get away from the donuts, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: This It's amazing. Uh, you know, the, the next time we talk to you, I assume you'll have a whole new gaff. by the way. You'll have, yeah. a, whole, oh, yeah. you have a whole new gaff. You know, the missus will be able to stuff it with even more donuts.
2: Uh, go ahead, Tone. Patty, you dropped the Hank Marvin Sarvin uh, earlier, and obviously we know bees is money and Barney Rubble is trouble. Do you have any other favorite slang terms that you could drop on us?
3: Um, oh lad, no waff. I'm terrible when you put me on the spot like this <laughs> Well there's ones like Apple and Pears i Um, I'm trying to think that off the top of my head Oh lad, my mind's gone blank Sorry fella <laughs> hey,
0: Don't worry about it man This has been a great conversation We're very proud of you We're very happy for you As is the rest of the world Keep killing it, bub
3: Thank you very much the fellas I have no doubt that I'll see you again in the next couple of months when someone else gets to that punched in.
0: Okay, let's go. Whenever they lose, uh, whenever you beat somebody else's ass, we'll get to chat with you. You'll be in the middle of another food coma, hopefully. Enjoy- yeah, with
3: the- my cheeks looking like this again. Hey,
0: enjoy your riches, sir. You deserve it.
3: Thank you very much, my man.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the new face of the fight game, Paddy the Batty. Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. his refrigerator was awesome. Oh my god, those donuts! So yeah, he's Hank, Ma- yeah, he's Hank Marvin. That is literally I don't know what that means. You Me see, neither. you you <laughs> he, he dropped
2: the Hank Marvin because he said he was uh, Hank Marvin, Barney Rubble, trouble. Hank Marvin, style. starving. Got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> start putting it together. Start putting it together. Here
0: we go. Uh, that's that, that's the most relatable thing I've seen.
2: Yeah,
5: it's
0: unbelievable because I, it? I I gain I I gain like. 30 pounds every offseason. I mean, that was literally how I did. So because I enjoyed eating. Now, granted, as I got older, I had to change that. He'll I assume something will transition, but I love that dude. And he is electrifying.
1: Mm -hmm. That
4: is interesting, him saying that he's too small for the next weight up, because he said he'll his walk around weight is like 177. So he must be he's losing like 20 plus pounds every single fight camp. That's crazy.
0: Well, that's the thing that I think like us noobs and outsiders look at. Like a 10-pound advantage is. Yeah, Massive, massive, massive. especially yeah. in the grappling game and everything mm-hmm. like that. That's why whenever somebody was champion of both, I think Connor, mm-hmm. that's why I think it was so well you know, received because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is very difficult to do this. Either the weight cut to get down to the lower weight or and still have enough stamina and energy mm-hmm. to do it or to fight against the heavier guy. It's unbelievable. Not, hey, shout out to Patty. Shout I out to Patty. All right, back to the NFL now. There is an Tyree Hill update. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe it is official. Tyreek Hill is getting traded to the Miami Dolphins the return is a first round pick and more while How- uh, Hill will get a contract extension that puts him among the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL that's via Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero, the Dolphins are making wow. plays just yesterday I believe they spent 5 years $75 million on Armstead the tackle to bring him down to Miami they bring in obviously Mike McDaniel out of San Francisco to become their new head coach, now they get the most explosive wide receiver in the league on a trade for a first-round pick and more, whatever that is. Full picks: 2022, 20, one, two, four, and then uh, a fourth and a sixth in next year. That's a lot. Yeah. By Jesus. The way. A, one, a one, a two, and a four this year. A four and a six next year. They get Tyreek Hill. Tua gets another weapon. And Mike McDaniel says, "Hey, we're bringing in Armstead. We're bringing in Tyreek Hill. We ain't fucking around anymore. Tua's our starter. Okay, that's, that's the first right. time we've ever said that publicly. <laughs> and we're gonna go ahead and win this thing." Gumpy, congrats to the Dolphin. Hey, that a baby, Gump. Hey, fins up, huh? Here we go. Fins are up right now, real erect. Yeah, fins are real erect right go. now.
1: This is awesome. Uh, i I never thought we'd get this from the fins. This wh- is great. Why do
0: you think this is happening? Honestly, do you think it's because of all the shit that was happening to old Cuzzy whenever he was allegedly paying people to lose, and now he's like, "Oh, we got to flip that script." And Mike McDaniel's like, "Yeah, I'll get out of the film room here for like two minutes. We can get Tyreek Hill. Let's get." Let's get Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Think about Mike McDaniel being presented with, like, the opportunity yeah. to potentially get. Uh, uh, Coach, we've heard Tyreek Hill's available. Who? Excuse Why? Me? Uh, Coach, Tyreek Hill. From the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want, we would like him on our team. <laughs> yeah. What do they want? They want a one, a two, a four, a four, and a six. Great. Yeah. Send that thing the fuck out of here. Mike McDaniel's brain is cooking right now. Oh. oh I can get Tyreek Hill to do. Remember, they had uh, Old Cuzzy go in motion on the Niners in the run game. Uh, left tackle. Trent Williams. They had Trent Williams going in motion, all right, on a run. And and they bring in Armstead, who's a monster. But also, that pre-snap movement that the Niners do and that the Chiefs do, now he has Tyreek Hill that he can just fucking move and waddle. And And Armstead, he can move. And, and, I mean, it is just... uh, I am pumped to watch the Dolphins play football next year. (laughs) I am pumped to see Mike McDaniel's press conferences before games and after games about why he did what he did. Uh, Tyreek Hill was tracked today to run 14 miles pre-snap. What are your thoughts? That's a lot of miles. But when he does that, (laughs) nobody else can do that. So he's always open. I can't fucking wait to see what they do down there. Now, he's supposed to be a Colt, maybe a Packer. Yeah, yeah, true, I maybe. mean, there's a lot of places that really would have benefited from Tyreek Hill's services. But God damn, the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden.
4: Good for the Chiefs, too. I mean, that's a massive haul in return. It really is. Like, Tyree Kill, obviously, is unbelievable. But six picks, like, even if a couple of them are four and six, like, that does seem just crazy. Is it six
0: or five? Did I do the math wrong? Uh, no, five. it's five. You're right. It's okay. five. The yeah, because you're much smarter than I am. So The literally, first
7: rounder is the 29th overall, so it's a late first rounder.
0: Oh, so it's a second, a second, mm-hmm. a fourth, a fourth, and a sixth. I'm on Gumpy's side here. I understand that's a hole, but I am very much a fuck them picks guy. Because, I mean, they'll get somebody good. And obviously Andy Reid has a big brain and Veach has a big brain and they'll be able to figure it out. But I don't understand how this happened. Because allegedly the Chiefs had made Tyree Kill an offer to make him the highest paid wide receiver and he said no. Right, mm-hmm. and he said, nah, I don't want to do it. Whatever he wants to, he it was like his decision not to resign there and ma- basically move on. And they granted him a right to seek a trade. And then the Jets and Dolphins came in, and now he's a Dolphin. What the fuck happened? Right? What 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 did happen? Was right it Devonte? Devonte Adams? It had yeah. to be
5: Devontae, right? And there was like, yeah, but the
0: Chiefs allegedly now we don't know what's real. And what is it? They allegedly made him an offer to make him the highest paid wide receiver before the trade.
2: Yeah, I thought I saw a report today that as soon as the Devonte numbers came out, they." then realized that they had to put him on the trade market. This was what someone tweeted. I can't remember who it was.
0: So they had a, like basically a conversation about an extension before Devontae Adams was traded. Yeah. Then when Devontae Adams was traded, it was like, what, 140? Yeah,
4: 42 and a half yeah. or something. But
0: what was it actually? Do we remember what it was uh, actually? What,
4: three? Eight, it's like 28 per, I think.
0: Yeah, 28 and a half. Three years. Though. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of gu- a lot of guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So then Tyreek Hill immediately goes, oh, that's fun. That is what we're looking for. Right. And then Chiefs go, well, we got to pay Patrick like $50 million next year. Because yeah. remember, we kicked a can down the road. We can't do that. And Tyree Hill said, uh, well, I'm going to need to give my money, right? I mean, you guys got me running marathons every single fucking yeah. game. Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm going to have to get paid. And they said, on the road, see you later. Yeah. And then Tyron Matthew put out a tweet, right? Didn't Tyron Matthew put out a tweet? Yeah. Like uh, after the, the trade was mm-hmm. announced? He put out a tweet that said, when egos run wild, contain yours. Oh. Yeah. oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. it's Uh-oh. heating up. It is heating up over there. Uh, Adam Schefter has now reported the Tyreek Hill numbers. Dolphins are giving wide receiver Tyreek Hill a four-year, $120 million extension, including $72.2 <laughs> million guaranteed. Wow. Roger Here we go. Hey, congrats to Tyreek Hill. Congrats to the Dolphins. What are the Chiefs going to look like? I know they signed Juju for a one-year, $10.75 million deal. They still got Travis Kelsey. They still got McCole Hardman, right? Mm -hmm. They got Patrick Mahomes. They got that revamped offensive line. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs probably said, hey, we're going to be okay, but it's a much different game plan whenever you're planning for a team with Tyreek Hill than when you're planning for a team that doesn't have Tyreek Hill. And I think the Chiefs are going to learn that next year. I might be wrong. Chiefs will probably still be dominant and be able to do whatever they want to do, but... God damn, what a game changer going to Miami.
5: Yeah, the Chiefs have uh, MVS coming to town today. So that's probably the most likely. So what does that
4: mean? I mean, just another. I mean, no disrespect to MVS, but I not don't, know, of that, I don't not. think that's like it. Like it, no. The, but yeah, those tweets were kind of phrasing it like, oh, well they got they're bringing in MVS, so like they don't need Tyree Kill anymore. And like you said, like I think this team is much different if Tyree Hill's not there.
0: Well, and no offense to MVS, right? There's no. This no. is just like when Odell Beckham Jr. got to LA, and they're like, oh, Robert Woods got hurt. Odell Beckham Jr. will be able to go in there. It's like, well, two different positions, mm-hmm. two very. different – Tyreek Hill plays his own position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His own position is called Joystick uh, Madden mm-hmm. Game, where you just run the guy around and he's fashioning everybody. And then there's three people around him and he just somehow does a spin and he's wouldn't even be tackled in flag football somehow by NFL athletes. What a game changer. Mike, I want to see Mike McDaniel's brain right now. Um, yeah, it's going to be. Just on the on the dry race board, just. Wow. We're going to call this play Wild Play. <laughs> it's called Wild Play. Tyru- it's the Andy Gilfinakis uh, Gil- uh, Gilfin- thing. Hey, nailed it. Yeah. Hey.
5: Milanakis.
0: No, no, no. No. He's talking Zach, about Zach Galifinakis. Zach Al- 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 yeah. Guy. You're talking about uh, Zach Galifinakis. Yeah. Al- yeah. 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 At the are talking that's the question table. thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever he was... Cooking, oh yeah, at the blackjack. of set the
2: record right for most catches by a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Those two oh, together. Yeah. Plus they have uh, Devonte Parker and Gasecki, and they signed running backs, Edmonds and Mostert. I mean, plus they How's got the defense. They got the guard from the good. Cowboys. Still good defense is great.
5: Xavier Howard and on Howard.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, me and Mike McDaniel were finishing each other's. Sentences. 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 Not not sandwiches, not sandwiches. Sentences. It was COVID. Still, come on. I want to get that guy sick. He's got to build a fucking team. He's going to draft our trade for Tyree Kill in a couple weeks. But I talk about too is accuracy. The amount of like, oh my god. Yeah. Gumpy, look at Gumpy right now. He's glowing.
1: Fucking gritted like the butcher's dog, dude. Let's fucking go. He looks like uh, yes.
0: Tom. He looks like Tomlin and Colbert watching Malik Willis <laughs> hit that sixty-eight yard ball cross body <sighs> off balance yesterday. Mad that was water. pretty. Man, how much fun is it that your team's doing it? Huh? Honestly, how much fun is that?
1: All in. All in. Fuck it. All in. Why not? Why not? Why not Why not you? No, Fuck it. No excuses for Tua anymore. No, no. this is it. This is what I said. First I said, get of all, him an O-line and weapons. We'll see who he is.
0: And real quick, Tua has been under the most mental siege I've ever seen a starting mm-hmm. quarterback be under. Mm-hmm. Getting benched during two-minute drills and mm-hmm. games that he started. He started in an announcement that was made in the public in the the uh, incumbent starter, who's a guy who's beloved by everybody, openly said he was sad and not happy about it. That immediately splits a locker room. Mm-hmm. He's been put into an absolute dumpster fire numerous times. Now there's allegations coming out about how serious the dumpster fire was. Yeah. They said he wasn't hurt at all, and then he missed a game. Turned out he had fractured ribs. I mean, the things that Tua has been through off the field, just mentally, has had to have calloused him up. And I think if you watch when Tua's playing and he has time... He hits I mean he's oh, yeah. oh, he yeah. hits a little bit undersized. He's not the only quarterback in the history of the NFL that's been undersized. Mike McDaniel is going to be drawing that thing up plus with the run game that they had at San Fran and mm-hmm. everywhere else that McDaniel, Atlanta and everything. What's what's going on, dude? Nothing, nothing, nothing. You're I'm shaking just, your head. head. Well, no, it
2: just came to my mind why this happened. Why? When Jackson put out that story that him and Juju were going to be doing TikToks together, Tyreek Hill said, get me the fuck out of here. (laughs) All right, let's get to a break. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited about it. I
0: was excited about the Jackson and Juju. Yeah, yeah. Still happening. The collab, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone's excited. Can't wait. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah.
5: 10 million views.
0: Yeah. What if they throw like a... Someone throws an oop and then a hoop. So you oh. throw oop, then hoop, and then somebody. <laughs> blocks it. Yeah. Oh my Brittany god. Brittany Mahomes. Oh. oh now, Brittany uh, probably gets the rebound. Oh, underneath. yeah. yeah. So Passes the, the, the outlet. Up, gets it again, and then she gets lifted up. Ah. You know, like, and then she. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And then they get a bottle, and they find the poppers. Yep. And they spray them everywhere, right yeah. in their eyeballs. Uh-huh. See, I'm excited about that, but I can see how Tyree Hill maybe said, I, "I can't. You're gonna have to pay me more than Devontae's making if you're gonna make me have to sit through that every single."
4: Yeah, day, good for him. This is awesome. I mean, I, you know, you're hoping like the Packers were in, but they, they were never gonna be in this, really. But this is awesome. Seeing these guys just to be like, "Eh, hey, fuck it, I, I want to leave."
0: Yeah, you know what? Nah, trade me, dude. I'm gonna go to South <laughs> yeah. Beach, Kansas City. The, the barbecue's great. People are fantastic. Hey, it's been fun to be a part of the. Hum of oh, the... Chiefs! But also South Beach, I, I've heard. Yeah. It's nice. Pretty good time. People are miserable down there though. Oh, yeah. In me and Foxy's experience. Really? They're miserable humans. No
2: People are fighting each other on the streets these days too. Oh losing teeth. Uh-huh. Yeah, I heard about that.
0: Yeah. Show your face challenge going on down in Miami right now. Only saw one person participate in it, but that challenge <laughs> will get going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Miami's insane right now. That's where everybody moved during the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a team maybe again. The Bills are very good at football. Very good. Very good at football. They're not stopping either. They brought in Von Miller, they're spending money. Are the know. Patriots dead? Well, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be the first
5: time that they were declared dead and wouldn't it be the first time they weren't?
0: Valid. This NFL offseason has been absolutely fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Thank you offseason. Thank you players saying I won't play here anymore. <laughs> Joining us now is a um, Super Bowl champion, College football national champion. Whoa. Ryder Cup champion, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Survivor of COVID, yep. father of 10, yes. Mm-hmm. Ohio State legend. Uh, the best jawline in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Aaron James
1: Hawk.
6: Yay!
0: Yay! Oh. AJ. AJ, let's run through this real quick, and I can't okay. wait to hear your thoughts. Russell Wilson, traded to the Denver Broncos. Devonte Adams traded to the las vegas raiders deshaun watson traded to the cleveland brass matt ryan traded to the indianapolis colts now tyreek hill traded to the miami dolphins this is fucking banana land you hear hey these are big name players just on the move they got contracts left they're saying get me out of here i want to go somewhere else this has been an insane offseason
8: aj hawk it's been crazy. It's awesome. It's fun to be a part of it. It's fun to be here every day and get get a chance to actually like try to analyze why it's happening. Also, what do people that are just casual fans that maybe don't watch a whole lot of offseason stuff, but they they tune in and watch their favorite teams play during the regular season? I think there's a lot of people like that that may be a bit surprised when they turn around and you look, hey, my our best player isn't here anymore, or maybe, hey, we just picked up a guy that's a stud. I know from talking to people out like at kids' practices, they ask me about, oh, what do you think of Deshaun Watson or whatever? And then when you mention all the other stuff that's happened, they're like, wait, what? Wait, huh? like they have no clue all the different things happening today is just another day of that.
0: Well, because people kind of live in their silos is what you're saying. I think they only pay attention to what uh, is happening around them. The Russell Wilson domino to Denver, we thought that was – holy shit. That yeah. happened on the same day where Aaron, by the way, uh, decided to go back to the Green Bay Packers. We're like, wow. This is the biggest day yeah. of this offseason. Like, this is huge. Like, this mm-hmm. is a big day. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 $230 million guaranteed going to Cleveland. Who knows how that works? Matt Ryan's now quarterback somewhere else. I mean, it's just, it's a nonstop. Devontae Adams says goodbye to the back. It's a nonstop. Just, it's insane right now. And this is the, um, you know, it's kind of been like this in the NBA, I think. And it was mentioned earlier by one of the boys when we were sitting around the kitchen uh, chatting about all this. Do you remember when the NBA denied Chris Paul's trade request from, like,
8: New Orleans to L.A. or whatever? They're like, nah, you can't do that. I still don't know how that happens, but yeah. (laughs) yeah, I don't don't know how they can, how can they deny it? They say, like, you're going to create a monopoly. Is that like they're trying to step in? Yeah, but
0: then it became, like, trade city teams super Team build thing. Right. Exactly.
8: All commissioner, does the commissioner have all that power to stop a trade? Yeah, David Stern. I,
0: I guess at the time, that that's what we're saying about Goodell though. What if Goodell, after all this <laughs> shit started happening, because you know the owners are going to be like, players are getting too much control. Yeah. Players, players are doing everything, which by the way, owners do not want, ever. Owners do not want any of that, ever. That's why the negotiation is always, uh, always the way it is. That's why the way you hear some media people talk about players, because they potentially have ends with the ownership and with the leagues. It's always a uh, power's struggle between you know who's in charge of what and those who have the money always hope to be in charge of what they're running even though it takes the players to make your product worth a fuck at all but they, they always said don't want this to be like the NBA don't want players to be on the move you know that's what it is about the NFL you fall in love with the team and this and that whole thing and those people are probably rolling over in their old ass beds with their their depends on saying god damn the NFL is starting to become what everything else is becoming which is If somebody isn't happy, they're going to make a change now.
8: That's the world almost, I think, AJ. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, is this like college football at the same time with the transfer portal? Oh, a guy comes into town, he's there six months, he realizes, I'm probably not going to start anytime soon, see you later, I'm going somewhere else. Are we looking at a similar thing?
0: So the interesting thing about the transfer portal, and we've talked about this, I feel like, responsibly, because I feel like people should talk about it responsibly, especially if there's maybe some college football players that are watching, There's like 2,000 people in the transfer portal. There's 130 schools. Okay, so some people, and I think the option just to pick up your shit and leave is not one that should be completely forgotten about. And I will say every single person that I graduated with at West Virginia at one point or another in the first two years of being there if they had the ability to get up and fucking leave like that, we would have. I mean, there was numerous breakfasts that we were all eating at. Like, fuck this shit. We ain't doing this. Let's get out of here. It's almost, and I feel like it probably the same way for you too, right? I mean,
8: I know I know many guys that I played with that graduated and had great careers that at one point were thinking about leaving. Yes.
0: Yes. College football is difficult. It is very hard, especially when it becomes your entire life. At high school, you're a football player. Okay? You train, you have fun, you have your trainer, you have your leagues, you have your 7-on-7. And once you get to college, it's like you are now a college football player that has to appear at classes. You have workouts at this time, you have to do this at this time, you have uh, practice this time, you have study sessions this time. And we're going to check at all these things to make sure you're there. You become like a almost... I mean, you're tracked your entire you're life. Prog-
8: you're, you're programmed. They, they yeah. program you once you get on campus.
0: Exactly. You become a programmed individual where every moment of your life is basically tracked and understood. And it becomes very difficult, especially when the workouts are the hardest workouts you have ever fucking done in your life. Like, th- there's no reason my body should be able to do what we're doing. I guess this is a mental thing you're building up. There's a lot of moments of quit is what I'm saying in college football, I think. So the transfer portal being as easy as it is, I I don't want to sound like an old person yelling at the clouds. But honestly there's some moments you have to fucking get through i think in life and the transfer portal might be too easy of an out for some people and i think they're going to miss out on some life lessons and some things that could potentially change them forever in a good way now not to get too grandstandy here that kind of we're seeing that with like baker right yeah. you can mm-hmm. be who you can afford to be you go in that transfer portal you're a fucking guy you're going to get signed if you're you got to know who you are though like baker said i want to be traded it's like the internet is uh, full of uh, anonymous sources. A lot of anonymous sources are like, "Cool, where? Yeah. <laughs> not coming. Like, we are not
8: interested." You have to be. You have to be absolutely one hundred percent sure that you have other options if you demand a trade or You want something like that, and yeah, there's other options. I just question is what are people willing to give up to try to get you? And the, the now, like as, as every day goes there's less and less opportunities of teams he can go to and be the starter. Well, and that's the thing about the transfer portal, too. Like, I think you sh- you have to know who the fuck you are before you sign up to go oh, in there. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, like, if you do go in the transfer portal, it's been something you've been thinking about for a while. You've talked over it with your coaches, your parents, whoever, uh, whoever you trust, and you don't just all of a sudden one day just throw your name in there because you're mad. I'll
0: never forget. I was standing like this. Yes. <laughs> you know? just like this i said just like this because if you
8: bend over and touch your knees it's weak and you don't get enough air oh mm-hmm. and you
0: also get an extra sprint yeah. but believe me <laughs> that was an entire thing too one time between me and a ga because i had my hands on my shirt okay like this here you know give mcafee an extra one and i you know slow excuse me hands on knees, get i'll give you another one i'm like. They're clearly not, okay? Clearly not on my fucking knees. I'm right here, you see the shirt, it's tight. Give them another one for talking back. I'm like, well, you're a fucking GA, okay? So I don't know who the fuck you think you are. That almost became an entire thing. And me and Barwis, you know, afterwards, we had a meeting of the minds. You know, it was, that was, I was very passionate about that one, me getting fucked over. And uh, you know, Barwis is one of the scariest humans be- uh, of all time. So hey, McAfee, you got four, I right? four? You've never had four in your life, you got four? I'm like, well, that's because fuck, boy, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's in front of the entire, you know. So like, Barwis has to, you know, he has to stick up for his guy, you know. And I'm kind of in front of, you know, I, as a, I was a little wild, you know. I I've always had a little. Yeah, bit I mean, of, he might have to take
8: you aside and run you one on one after that.
0: Yeah, so that's what. I, yeah, I had to come back later in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back later in the afternoon, but he was with me the entire. It was sta- it was the stadium. Yeah, it was the stadium. Mm. But he was with me the entire time. Barwis was like, I understand what you were saying but you can't fucking do that <laughs> you can't do it in front of everybody you cannot fucking do that so we're gonna go. God <laughs> damn! It's the middle of the season. It's the middle of the season. Jesus! I'm kick. I'm the kicker. I'm the kicker and the punter and the kickoff guy. And my fucking mouth has got me
8: running the goddamn stadium. It's like this is not what I'm supposed. Don't be to Don't be messing. You're messing up the culture, man. One guy can can have a, a negative impact. See, I
0: disagree. That guy was fucking up the culture. You know, and that's actually what I told Boros. I was like, Boros, I've been here for fucking three years. Am I not like? I mean, I'm the guy. I'm like, I'm a guy, right? People like me around here. Yeah, I'm like, you got me on the fucking wall. I think for some records, right? That guy's fucking that little fucking power hungry. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you can't do that though. Like, you know, there's freshmen here watching. There's, there's new guys here. You can't, you can't be yelling at this guy in front of the entire team. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that was bullshit. I, I'm, I was tired and I did yeah. not want to run. Uh, but there's a lot of those moments, you know, and now like, like if these star players are all just going to be like, nah, i decide I want to go. Yeah. If the, the, the owners are not going to be happy about that. Just like the salary cap, how you know Tom Pelissero got a memo through his thing geek, 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 the, um, <laughs> to go on a Good Morning Football and say, "Please debunk the myth uh, that." Uh, the salary cap is a myth please Tom Pellicero so he went doo, 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 and he sat down on Good Morning Football and he did an entire the fact that the it is being stated that the salary <laughs> cap is he did all, right. know, a whole you know whole thing there they're going to do the same thing I assume with this trade like they're going to figure out the salary cap loopholes that some of these teams are getting by because other owners are going to get pissed off that their team isn't doing it or they don't want to do it they don't want to pay for that and then they're going to figure out this trade thing too I just I think that's just how the NFL has operated since the beginning of time if they don't like something they're gonna fucking change it that's just how they how they've been
8: yeah i mean that's uh, i absolutely see where you're going but you there's only a few people in the nfl that can kind of have the power to do this though i mean we've seen it it's true superstars like some middle of the road guys can't do this matt ryan i mean he he was the mvp of the league at one point well that's what i'm saying though but would
0: you have had matt ryan in that list of people like just a week ago if i would have said to you hey aj Hey, Pat.
8: What's
0: up, dude? How you doing, man? Great. What's your question? Well, you don't even want to ask me how I'm doing? Fuck you. Yeah, how are you? I mean, I know you want to have a conversation. What are we doing? Is this a fucking interview or a convo, dude?
8: I don't know. What is it?
0: What is going on? I this don't know. Guy. I was. There's
8: doing. it. I was okay, pulling I was up. The listen, dog. this conversation
0: stinks. Right? You said hey, when I said, "Hey, AJ," and you did say, "Hey, are you AJ. doing a bit?" Is this a bit? I'm not doing it. What? Which part? Hold on, yeah. because there's something going on. Right? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck Someone's is going? On? Clock there's a the fighting out now. Did you hear the hyenas cackling? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. There's there,
4: rabid what, dogs running around in the hallway back.
0: While you were giving an answer, you're gonna watch this back. We all want. Like I literally, what was I heard an entire group of people laughing? I'm like, is somebody in the office? I think they're right behind that wall. Uh-huh. Like, I think, I believe the walls. Man, it's crazy. Hope you guys are having a good time. <laughs> Hope you guys are having a good time. Keep it down. Nah, do what you gotta do. I mean, it's just a shit show going on in here. <laughs> but anyways, hey, AJ.
8: Hey, Pat, how are you? Hey, I'm pretty good, man. How are you doing, man? Life good or what? Yeah, you you had a, que- a question about Matt Ryan, I think. See, why are you forcing it all yeah, the time? Yeah, Christ, have just- a conversation, <laughs> yeah. weirdo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Be, human.
8: Everywhere. be a human
0: dude alright oh, really? anyways do you think if you were asked a week and a half ago or whenever the Russell Wilson trade happened what was that two weeks ago Yeah. if you were asked two weeks ago hey uh, AJ there's going to be players over the next two weeks that are going to force their way out of the situation that they're in how many players because you just said you got to be a superstar to be able to how many players do you think you could do that I don't think I would have said more than like four people five people now it feels like like I don't want to say good players, but great. It feels like anybody can almost do it if they want, if they have any worth at all. Like if you're pretty good at football, if you are pretty good in the NFL, I think you're going to be able to be able to do that. Not that that has happened. And I'm not saying Matt Ryan pretty good or Tyree Kill pretty good. I'm saying those two are great football players, but there's going to be a ripple effect of this entire thing as well, you know?
8: Yeah, there is. I guess I. I it, it makes me curious as to who all can get away with. Like who else can we see? become unhappy and force their way out. I don't know. It's so a tough thing to do. It's Baker, yeah, and then it it's is. all yeah. the way up to Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson. But Baker. they were moving on from Baker already, though. We didn't know that, right? Because at the time he
0: requested his trade, they were out on Deshaun Watson. He was potentially going to be their starter. You remember that? Yeah,
8: Yeah, but I feel like once they started that Deshaun, you know, exploring that option baker was already in the tank and he was already done mentally well, well yeah and browns remember said we don't yeah
0: we do not care yeah. remember that that's what the browns yeah. said because they were out on the deshaun watson case and then what 13 hours later or something uh 230 million dollars guaranteed after baker turned down a plane trip from the haslam family yeah. to come talk to him in texas i mean it's just uh, shout out to the boys man where would you have wanted to go aj back to cincinnati you say hey, trade
8: me to cincinnati i want to go home no, I would probably just stayed with a team that had a really, really good quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, they kicked you out. Yeah, I didn't force my way out. <laughs> I didn't leave. Hey, Tyreek Hill leaving is crazy, isn't it? Are the Chiefs in trouble? Absolutely. And how fast this happened? Okay, so we heard this morning that they granted his agent a request. Like, he can, he can go search for a trade. Was this last night? Was this a day ago? When did it happen? Because then all of a sudden, bam, the deal is done. Well, and also, as soon as it was reported that he was allowed to seek a trade, there was two
0: teams already interested. Yeah. So this is kind of like, was it Tom Telesco or Brandon Bean that told us that uh, we there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes that we don't know about? So is that because the insiders are told they can't leak that information, or is it because the insiders actually don't know that it's happening? And how much more shit is going on right now that we don't know
8: about? I mean, I think there's stuff that the insiders probably know there's like rumblings of. They've heard, okay, I hear... The Chiefs are trying to lock Tyreek up in a long-term deal. I hear it's not going well. They're very far apart or whatever. Tyreek's upset at this. That, a lot of times stuff comes from agents and different people in the front office. But, yeah, the, with how quickly this happened, people had to know something was up.
0: Was, do you think Boward was in on this conversation yesterday? Or right. was, he might have been. Should have been. It was because he was on the show? He, he wasn't might in us. the combo? Or he would have been a great – Tyreek Hill, the Packers, could you imagine? Oh, man.
8: Oh, my goodness. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about the Colts this morning. Like, Tyreek Hill to the Colts? Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. He's uncoverable. Think about Mike McDaniel. They had uh, Trent Brown? Trent Williams. Trent Trent Brown uh, back to the Patriots. Yes. They had Trent Williams uh, pull during their last couple games. You remember that? One time they had the left tackle pull kill a guy, bully a guy, they pick up the first down. Next time they fake it and they get a dive and they don't pick it up. But they still had this some bitch in motion. The amount of pre-snap motion that he'll be able to do with Tyreek Hill, because that's a big part of what the Chiefs do. Tyreek Hill is running. They track him every primetime game. They're like, look at how far he ran before this ball was even snapped. And there's somebody on defense who did not prepare enough in the offseason for what they were about to fucking do. They're trying to keep up with Tyreek. And then inevitably they get caught up in some crossfire some humans or they just get fucking tired which could happen when you're chasing an actual cheetah and he's off they got waddle there hey they got they just signed armstead for fucking five years 75 million they're going all in it sounds like down there in miami
8: they absolutely are and all this does i mean yes it reinforces all these weapons for tua but it also puts a giant amount of pressure on him even more than he already had because hey if they don't if they're not good if their offense doesn't produce it's probably because of him that's what Ted and Dick said yeah but
5: they also have Teddy Bridgewater now so like if he does it's not as if they don't have a plan b like they can definitely go with Teddy B and probably still be very good
0: teddy b making more money than two of this year uh maybe cuz what close, is it yeah. it's up to 10 million Gumpy, so what's he, going on? You're shaking your head. Is that a little negative? We don't in? need to do this. No, I just didn't know. We don't Curious. need to do this. I, just, I was just wondering. Tua is
8: super accurate. It's good. It's good. He's good to go. Don't worry about it. I agree. I agree. I like Tua. I, I Tua I'm, This is a pro Tua show. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. This
0: has been the most pro Tua show, I think, out of all of the shows mm-hmm. because we have talked ad nauseum about how miserable his experience as a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins has had to have been.
8: Oh, yes. Also... How does Brian Flores feel right now, with Miami getting all of these weapons, doing all of this stuff after what happened to him, I guess, or his whole situation there?
0: Yeah, and I also brought that up in the first hour, not to bring up any more negativity with the Dolphins, because this is a glorious day, especially the signing of Armstead yesterday. But, you know, the accusations of uh, paying to lose there, and then the next offseason doing everything you can <laughs> to make it look like yeah. you're win. not trying to over not trying to yeah. over fix. No way. No, of no, course no, not. No, of course no, not. We're going to debunk. Those Five through. years, 75 million. Give this guy 120 million. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. all in. who else can we sign makes it look like we really want to win? I'm not saying he's doing that, but you could see how some people would say that's what's going on. What's up, Tom?
2: Teddy's making 6.5. Two is making 8.2. <laughs> All right, two a star. is a star. is a star. 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 Yeah, star. Yeah, baby
0: too. We got Gene Steratore joining us in about seven minutes. I can't wait
8: to, oh, talk, oh. to talk to him, dude. Oh, he'll—that dude's a star. He really is. Absolute oh, yeah. star.
0: Remember the index card? I mean, he and he knew it too. By the way, mm-hmm. put it back in his pocket. Big grin on his face. He is a. Is he the perfect? Is he the
8: best ref of all time? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, and he's was a great ref and then he comes in and he's able to explain it and he takes a stand he's not scared a lot of some of those refs that get called up during games they're kind of worried because all those other refs are their buddies you know so they don't want to say they got it wrong territory i think he's you know he's a straight shooter so here's an interesting thing there's some
0: um like i watch some punters and i don't want to judge like there's some punts that get on the internet that are not good punts but people are hyping them up and I'm like, well, it's not my job to say, like, hey, this person is not a. Yeah, what the geez. fuck? Yeah, Christ.
4: Someone getting their head put through the <laughs> wall back there.
0: Oh, uh, so we had a construction break with SIGs right out here,
2: I guess. No ah, way. Where ah, sure. was I? SIGs inside. God damn it. To respect. Save me one, boys. <laughs> it's raining outside, so they have to smoke inside. Well, you should. Uh, I mean, yeah.
0: Do these guys have the biggest sledgehammers on Earth, by the way? They're they pulling do. up tall? It sounds like they're going through Tile right now. Any
5: <laughs> musicians back oh, there? Oh, it's demo day.
0: What was I talking about? God damn, that was one of the... <laughs> my feet shook. The whole chair shook right here. They might be blowing out this fucking wall. Ch- what was I talking Sterator? about? Sterator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gene Sterator. Yeah, so some punters will hit... like They'll put a video of a bad punt up on the internet. And I'm like, well, it's not my job to judge this. Like, I'm not going to say that wasn't a good punt because I didn't hit all perfect punts. I feel like Sterator is like the best ref. So when he comes out and he goes like, ah, I probably would have done this. I think all the other refs are like, yeah, the Steratore standard. He probably would have fucking done that. Mm -hmm. If you're like the best of all and everybody kind of views it that way, I think you're much more comfortable to actually take a stand as opposed to some of these other refs that weren't good refs on the Mm -hmm. field. They get on. Well, they were.
8: They were good refs. Well, Dean, like Blandino, I think Dean is great on TV. Dean was never a ref on the field, though. Yeah, he was just the head of officiating, which is fascinating. That is really weird. So so. how are you the head of officiating, but you've never done that? Is he... Uh,
0: Blandino? 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 Came there's, off of Jerry Jones' bus down yeah, here at Combine. Exactly. There's a chance. He's working. Hey, Blandino was shaking hands. But I think Blandino did a great job, I mean, he does a great job on TV. But I think some of those refs that go up in there that have been on the field, I don't think they have enough confidence that they have not fucked up in the same fashion, so they're not going to bury the person. Like, hey, I've been in this position. I messed it up. I don't remember Steratore being a part of a game where people are like, Oh, Steratore's crew fucked it all up. That, I, I, I might be wrong. I assume it did happen. But he always had such smooth control, and his games were always just, like, so That's great. what we care
8: about. We just want that, like, the refs, like, the, we, they should show that, hey, you're a professional and you are in charge of this game. The game is not, like, it's not crazy for you. It's not chaotic. You don't have to huddle up every four seconds and change a call. And I think Gene was a great, like, field commander as a ref. A guy who stopped that. In a very
0: heavy fashion. The greatest referee in the history of officiating Western Pennsylvania Paisano. CBS officiating analyst, ladies and gentlemen, Gene Steratore. Gene! (laughs) How you doing, Gene?
9: Patty back. What's going on, my man? It's great to hear your voice
0: again. Hey, Gene, I fucking (laughs) love you, dude. We all love you. AJ Hawk over there as well. We sang your praises right before you came on and aj talked about i think we all did you always seemed to be incredibly cool on the field very consistent you always had your crew in control it felt like you were a good communicator with the players how come you're one of one in that why does every other ref suck gene what is the deal
9: (laughs) i could say this to you pat we always get better once we retire you know what i mean because there's never any more misses after that so uh i always love game day right i mean as a kid you know what it's like when you wake up and it's game day morning. And I think that's probably why I refereed, you know, 80 basketball games in a full NFL schedule because it was game day, five days out of the week. And, you know, everybody's in a great mood on game day, you know, and and it's that environment and just everybody like hyped and ready to play. And, and it just put me in that moment and and felt great. Let's face it, man. I got to do it for 40 years of my life. You know, I got to play on fields and courts. It was you know, it's the best. And now I get the same kind of feeling in the studio with CBS. You know, it's fantastic.
0: Well, let's talk about it, Gene. Did you always know you were going to be a ref? Because I think the issue now is not, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that want to be refs, I don't think, anymore. Right. This is right. I don't think it's a desirable position. Did you always know you wanted to be a ref? And-
9: you know what, Pat? Yeah, my dad. My dad refereed Division One football or basketball for 35 years. You know, my late father. So we grew up in a house that, uh, you know... We went to games. I saw Franco Harris, Lydell Mitchell, Steve Smear, Mike Reed on the field at State College. You know, as a little kid, and and you know, I was watching my dad. You know, who was a hell of a back judge and uh, and a great player at Pitt. And so we grew up in a home that understood officiating from the time we were born. You know, seven kids, and everybody was a referee for trick or treat a couple times out of the year. You know, you put the jersey on. It's a cheap way of getting a good jersey, but yeah. We, I think you kind of, I, I think we kind of knew it. You know, my older brother was a back judge for 20 plus years in the NFL. And, uh, and it's in the family, you know, cousin Frankie's going to this, you know, sweet 16 in women's college basketball. Hey, up, hey, Frankie. Frankie. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's in the blood, you know, uh, I got a younger son, my youngest Andrew working small college hoops right now. So, so it's something that was like, a, it was a fabric of our family and, uh, and we understood the value and magnitude of it, I think. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a piece of this third team that, that has to be able not to just get the plays right, but be able to massage that 5% where, okay, technically is this a foul? Yeah, but does it fit? Is there an advantage, disadvantage? Is there a piece of that play where it's affected or not affected? And it's in that little nuanced place that I think that's, you know that's what makes you a really good official and understand at least when to play call and when not and then it's the whole other piece guys it's the emotion right it's the stress it's the emotion it's the uh it's the craziness that's out there and uh, and just loving that interaction because you know great athletes are competing at the highest level coaches are amped up at the highest level and uh feeling that calmness in that moment is addictive as hell. I mean, it's it's crazy addictive because that's what you you know that's what you do. It's what you live for. And you know, I was bitten by it, and uh, and still am. You know what I mean? And 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 with this position, there's still that you know unexpected. It's coming. Uh, you're watching four games at one time. Boom! You're in this game. You know, you got 40 seconds. Scrub the play. Rewind it. Take a peek. You know, and then hearing all the things that the great people at CBS do behind the curtain just to get you set to cue you producers people in the truck people in the studio like the great guys you got there you know what i mean like it takes so many interactive parts to do this five second window 12 second hit and then bam you're gone into another location so uh this has been an amazing bridge to cross and i'm grateful as hell to do it and, and loving every minute of it
8: you you're great right at it gene are our refs kind of like players to where some players like the great ones they want the ball in their hands in the biggest moments when the, when the game yeah. really matters and i'm sure great refs probably They don't shy away from, hey, if they're they're a back judge, they want to make that call one way or the other or not make the call at the end of the game when it matters. Are some refs scared and don't want the ball coming their way? They don't want to have to have (laughs) any impact? We're all different,
9: and you're right, AJ. I think the best example I could give you, you know, you get the new official on your crew, and, uh, and he's on the line of scrimmage for a kickoff, right? And now they're going onside. Uh, does that official want that onside kick going away from him or does he want it coming at him? You know what I mean? It's, listen, in this business, you're either the hunted or you're the hunter, right? And you've got to be the hunter. And, uh, and in basketball, football, the two sports I worked, look, when you, when you get to a certain level, uh, and that level is when you are officiating people that do this for a living. So it's small college athletics. Those people, th- their lives are at stake, their jobs are at stake, their, their, their location, their family, you're, you become a, a very integral part of, of people's success and their livelihood. So there's great pressure right then. And you have to instill that in to every official, regardless of their personality makeup, you have to embrace that element. Uh, but you're supposed to get your plays right if you're that primary official on the play. The, the nuance is how good of a secondary official are you going to be, right? There's a guy that makes a play or misses a play as a primary official. They call a block in the back on a punt return. And the official that's covering the play, he thinks it's a block in the back. Okay, well, there's two other officials that are moving to that play as it gets to that point. And if they think that's a side block, does that official that's a secondary by his position, not going to get any stuff, any crap for it if, if, if he doesn't put his you know kind of hand in the play, does that official come in and, and, and grab that official real quick and say, listen, look at me. Let, let's talk about this for a minute. Rewind that play again. So I look at officials like, look, when you're primary, you don't get patted on the back for getting your plays right. That's why you're there. But, but how good of a secondary official are you, right? Like, are you willing to do that? And I think the same applies, look, it applied for me when I played. Um, that's how I think you value, you know, good athletes. And th- and this is, a look, most athletics shit I ever did in my life was when I was reffing, you know what I mean? Keeping your body, up to a standard to deal with world-class athletes on a night in, night out basis, while Father Tom was winning, you know what I mean? <laughs> Father Tom's undefeated, man, he, he's he, he's winning. And when you're waking up at 50 years young, and you know uh, for the next four nights, you're on a major college basketball court, you get a day break, and then you're on an NFL field, you, you gotta keep your physical body up, you gotta eat right, you gotta sleep right, you gotta study, you gotta read plays, you gotta watch trends, tendencies, it's the same thing that athletes do in that same capacity. Gene, you never there get is no
0: way there's anybody else doing all that. You gotta be the only person doing it. Honestly,
9: it's nah. a problem.
0: Hey, this is an epidemic right now. Like, I understand we just went through an entire actual pandemic and everything like that. But if you talk to any fans in any league, Gene, any league, you go oh. European soccer, I guess, you know, the NHL, they, they kind of have like a natural, a little bit more give and take between the ref and the players. I think there's actual shit talk. There's like a game flow part of it where it's like, hey, we gotta make up for a call that we fucked up earlier like I think that's more expected in hockey than anything else but if you ask like NBA fans NFL fans college football college basketball it's like the refing, the officiating is a problem do you think like you need to put together a sterator standard like a school <laughs> or do you think there's guys that we just we don't like uh, you think there's like another class that's going to come in and be a great batch of referees I,
9: I, I think I think the scrutiny of officiating is exponentially grown with the with the with the growth of social media with the instantaneous uh, breakdown of everything right I mean the whole world's that way we're all looking for that quick one line hit or that thumb up like or whatever it is <laughs> so look that's happening so that's reality you got to face that officials now they're they're getting more training they, they, they the the ability to get video instantaneously and the way the supervisors interact with them all of that's at a high level uh, that's that's a portion of the game. It, it, it's the management and how Yeah, you do said you the 5%, said, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what this is. Look, if we called a foul in every football game where it was technically a foul, would screw this up so bad. You, you know, you think we're hated now. Uh, <laughs> so there's that window, right? And it's the same as we're watching in hoops right now, right? 1 minute it's too physical. Now they're calling small change fouls on the other end. Um, there's a there's a blending of this and uh, and then there's a human element. So listen, the, the generation that's here now, that's the other thing. You know, we all got used to when I first came in, it wasn't like everybody was open arms. They wanted to know where Jerry Mark went. You know what I mean? They, they wanted to know where that previous generation was. You grew up with these officials as coaches in college and more as players in the NFL, because in college sports, they're here for two years. They're gone. Coaches stay. Those relationships stay, and now all of a sudden there's like a new generation. I've told a lot of veteran coaches in college basketball, they're like, Gene, this is not the same. And I'm like, congratulations, you know, your career has been so long. You've outlived another generation of officials, so you got to get used to that. Uh, So there's a piece of that in there. Um, but with, with that said, you know, I mean, because the scrutiny's up, the TV cameras are amazing. The angles, the HD, the micromanage in every play is, a, is, a, is the difference. These guys and gals are under so much more pressure, I think, than I was when we started. And it grew really through my 20 plus years. I think it started to grow into more of that. Right. So so there's a give and take. But but look, you, you've got to work to get better all the time. And because they're younger, a lot of them, they haven't maybe had that experience in the reps. You know, I hear all the time, put younger people on the field, guys that could run, you know, better athletes. You get all that stuff. Like, why are these old guys out there? In this business, you've got to work five or six years of college athletics. You've got to work another five or six years of small college athletics to be able to possibly be able to get to major college to manage this. Then you've got to live five or six years in that level, right? You've got to figure out do you have enough stones to throw a flag in a big house. In front of a hundred thousand that's a different element there's a human piece of that and then once you hopefully navigate that successfully listen i was in the big east when michael vick was doing magic at virginia tech right and miami was was resurging again through butch davis and and i think shoot i think shocky bubba franks kellen winslow is being recruited just at the tight end position at miami i worked their fall game looked at my crew in august when they just played each other and turned and looked at my guys before the season started i said we just worked the best football game in america (laughs) they were playing each other you know there were 25 guys that went to the nfl in that team but even with that foundation which was 15 years of working 100 basketball games a year the moment i stepped from college football to the national football league it, it was a different sport you know what i mean like these are now guys that have honed this craft every single day of their life and when randy moss would get to the top of his route and have his hand right at his waist just to separate just at the break just enough to gain a fraction of a of a separation which wasn't enough for a foul but you knew he kind of pushed off but he cheated well you know what i'm saying like and bam the ball was there in that business it's like move on let's go and and that's the that's the growth so you look at it in real terms and chronological years you know you start roughing at 25 years young and 15 years of just building it you're 40 and you're a young guy in the nfl right i mean and now at 50 52 you've got 10 years under your belt um that next five, 10 years of your life, if you've kept yourself physically great, if you've done all of that, now you're gonna do your best body of work. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the progression and and, and and I get it because you know every once in a while it's like anything else, you see one or two bad apple kind of feels and, and the whole thing goes down. And let's face it, fellas, Rests don't get any wins. No, you know saying? like we're not fist bumping in the locker room. Yo, we got a W. You know how many times I listen to post games and a coach is standing there. He looks like he, he probably hasn't slept right for four weeks because they're they, they're on a three game skid. And the first thing he says at the podium is, you know, if we could get a win, everything's going to change. Like the whole thing's going to change. And I'm sitting here at home eating popcorn, going, Yo, I, I haven't gotten a win in 35 years. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you're on a 20-day skid, and I'm looking at you like, the last time I got a W, I was 20. You know what I mean? Like, so Gene. there's a mentality of that. you got to be able to endure that. That's not easy. It's You know, it's, it takes a certain being to handle this stuff.
0: Guys. Gene, do you think there should be uh, press conferences for refs after games? I think that would help out refs, don't you think? Because they could explain the decision and why they made it, and also fans get a chance to actually hear the questions be asked to the refs. That You, you know, because now with gambling, I mean, there's always been gambling, obviously, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's been a part of it. But now that it's growing, I mean, there's billions and billions of dollars on these games from fans. Now, fans have always been very passionate, very right. loyal, but now there's right. so much money on the line. Do you think press conferences would help, or do you think that would potentially kill confidence of those guys that you're talking about that maybe haven't had as much time?
9: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, the tough part about having a postgame pool, right, is you're going to look at me on a judgment call. You're going to talk to me about you know, Staretzor said on the on the broadcast he thought that was enough for pass interference, and you're playing in that again in that judgment line. Now we're going to sit in a pool spray and let and let people fire shoot at you from random areas on on judgmental plays. That's not fair, right? We can't go there, right? You you just can't go there. There's too many judgments made where 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 scenarios came, uh, misenforcement of penalties, uh, complete egregiously mistaken application of rules things like that uh you know we had we had pool reporters in the nfl that's how they handled that you knew if, if you walked off the field and someone grabbed you with that white shirt on and said yo we got a pool reporter today it was like oh. uh, and we got something big right you know what i mean <laughs> so but again in that fraternity uh this is the best kept secret in athletics and rightly so like officials dig the fact that they're not front page you know they did a great job it's their, it's the way we're we're made up we're not looking for pats on the back and wow. realize as we go into this Carrenti! you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you can you got to leave tony carrenti alone he just would leave his mic on every once in a while <laughs> you know, He know human and i loved him for that you know but uh, he was he was a pos- on mentor i can't <laughs> i can't pass on him and i got to go a little yinzer pouty for a minute i was I told the boys I was down on the south side last night. I said, Patty Bach's oh, going to yeah. have me on. Oh, here we and go. Everybody was shouting and screaming. Yo, he said this quote. Tell them Yun's are killing it. <laughs> Patty is the goat. They all started cheering. They were buying rounds all up and down the south side, crossed the river into the strip district. It was crazy oh, last night. You're on fire,
0: my friend. Gene, we love you.
9: with you. You're on fire. No, you're, you're on, on fire, fire really Gene. Straight. Let's I'm go. Curious, man.
0: Hey, you're the best, Gene. Please tell everybody I said hello, and I would like to buy a shot for all of them as well. Yeah. All the way down. I've done it. it before. I'll do it again. AJ
9: from 18th and Carson all the way down to the point? Oh. <laughs> I'm proud of you, brother. I'm proud of you.
0: Thank you, Gene. I appreciate you, man. Last question here from AJ. Please tell everybody I say hello. and I, We fucking love you,
8: Gene. Go ahead, AJ. Gene, what's it like when you work in college basketball games? I know any game I've been to, I watch both coaches just berate – the refs the whole game they the only time they stop usually is when they talk to their team during timeouts like i feel like they're working you guys all night long is that always the case
9: yeah it's constant aj it's a beautiful thing man My psychologist is gonna love it forever like at the end of each session she's like gene we don't have to revisit that again but if you want to we can because <laughs> because i loved it um but yeah aj you're you're so right it's like it's non-stop and and part of it i think is in their mind they think that working that and constantly questioning is somehow going to gain some advantage on a 50-50 play. Uh, I, uh, you know, I would love to tell them because of the millions of people watching right now, uh, because of the success of the show, they're wrong. Uh, okay, for the smart. most part, that isn't working. Smart. You know what I mean? But it's part of the nuance of, of that business. And, uh, you know, I always allowed it. I didn't like the optics though, AJ. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the jacket stuff off, the hands up, the pointing put your hands down. <laughs> say what you need to say to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I can when handle When do you them up though? When do you
8: know when they cross the line?
9: Um when I think it's not good for the game. That was my line. And I, and the reason why I say it that way, AJ, is uh, everyone involved in an athletic event has to be held accountable to something at the end of the day. We have to live in that pyramid structure and at the top of that pyramid is the game, right? Coaches have their posse. They got their team. They got their pride, their, their teams. We, we were going out to kick someone's ass and whatever the team needs, we're going to do that. That's their thing. That's cool. At the end of the day, though, they're, they're held accountable to the game. Same with the players and their actions and the officials And a very big part of what officials should be doing is understanding that there is a line at some point. Look, it, you're not going to like me today. I get it. And I'm cool with it. Uh, but you have to respect me enough that as I navigate this craziness and sometimes your adolescent behavior, if I put my hand over my mouth and I start talking to you on the sideline for a minute, what's coming out behind my mouth is right now what you're doing, it's not good for the game. And we're held accountable to that. And if you now continue to cross it, I'm not really whacking you. You're whacking yourself. It's suicide. It is a murder. But I'm coming. You're getting it. You know what I'm saying? And it is within that bantering. And I got to be frank with you, like that's that's what I dug more than the game itself. That's what I remember more than the games. I remember those interactions of being able to stay in that moment with this craziness around and still be able to hold a level of a baseline that was like, look, at, I'm good with whatever you're doing. I know I got family and you like to swear about them. but. But keep your hands down don't let the crowd don't let these people that love this game this youth the downs the people below this that are striving to be you that optic can't work here that's not good for the game it's off i'm giving you one if you continue to come back at me i'm whacking you to set you back down and then if you do it again i'm dismissing you right i mean that's just the way it is my dad always said look when you're a ref you carry a bazooka on your belt when people are shooting BBs at you, you don't pull a bazooka out. But when it comes time to pull it, you don't just show it, you throw it. You know what I mean? So in that world is that. And I think the crossover, honestly, between what we could say on a football field, right, with you guys that nobody saw, we could navigate all this and have a lot of fun out there, talk a lot of shit. And if it got too quiet after two or three plays, I would stand between both teams and go, oh, it's too quiet let's go pick it back up nobody's <laughs> talking about shit and a couple guys would look like gene you're crazy but i knew at that point then they were engaging and embracing the fact that they felt like i understood the energy out there so that when they did now stand over somebody and i started to yell it was like a reaction like i got you man because i but you because you've allowed this and that right and in basketball the proximity so close we're all great lip readers uh Cameras love to go to coaches right after a controversial play. It's good TV, so you got to be able to navigate that in a fire shoot, like in a tight window. And for me to cross over from one to the other, I blended all that management with it, and that was the that was the juice. Like that's the juice. That's why you stay, man. You know, were you supposed you to
0: be? Were you supposed to be like a politician? You think? Because I I honestly, yeah, AJ. <laughs> hey, everybody in Green Bay loved you. AJ said to me, everybody in Indianapolis loved you. I remember when you came to training camp. The way that you were being introduced to the young guys and the young coaches, like, hey, this is the best ref we got. Like, Gene Steratore is the best ref that the, yeah. the league's got. Do you think, like, you just were – because kind of like Tom Brady retired and then he came back. Like, you ever think about – it? you were made to ref, it feels like. And if not, you're supposed to be a politician because you can settle things so quickly in live action.
9: Will you ever get back in there? Will you ever get no back politician. in there? No politician. In this day and age, there's no – we're not talking that, but nobody can – politics, we can't fix like this nowhere. No <laughs>
0: <laughs> True that. It but you're, work. yeah, but you can um, talk to anybody. You handle situations. You're calm. You're cool with at, at the highest stakes. You're so dedicated and bought in. Will you ever get back into refing? You think, or you, the TV is everything?
9: I, I love what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Like I, what I'm doing right now is my platform through the grateful and graciousness of CBS. Yes, is allowing me to do just what we're doing right now. Right, so uh this platform i think i can help officiating uh, in a better way than boots on the ground with a closed-in fraternity and that was a part of the decision-making process pat when i left because i left at 55 and i'm telling you that's like that's like when you got your five best years ahead of you if you can keep strong you know my back is not good i got some herniations and some fusions from playing and and being out there all those years so uh, you know i'm challenged a bit physically but I do believe that what CBS has allowed me to do with both of the sports that I love and the SEC and I kind of went back and fell in love with college football again because when I was in the in the moment refing I didn't have time we were doing pre-games on Saturday. so you can't you couldn't watch college football so now I'm back been back into that and and what they've allowed me to do is is be engaged in the in three of the you know three of the most unbelievable sporting things that we have on the planet and uh, and it's it's and i've got more time so it is getting out there and talking to young officials it is trying to recruit look we're we're in a pan- we're as an epidemic there's no one wants to ref okay because they're watching all this they're seeing all this i mean who's sitting at home thinking yo i want to do that be <laughs> abused completely so so the recruiting of officials right now is, is skewed toward the negative so much that we've got to lift that back up and, and we have to do that because these games can't get played without good officiating. There's a third team and and it's cool to hate them. It's all right. It's good. It's good for the game, but we got to have them. So... I really feel like, again, through what I'm doing now, which I love to death, it is kind of like ref and I won't lie to you like, dude, I'd love for you to come up to the studio and watch, you know, 10 screens flying at once in the one o'clock window and five NFL games and bam, there's a review over here, you know, and, and then and so. I'm still gaining all of that, which I, I'm grateful for. I get to rewind too, which is really cool. I nice. get to look at it again. I get to circle <laughs> back, Mo. which I never got to do in real life, right on the field. So, uh, But for me right now, which is also what's real cool about Ralph, uh, it's, it's great what you do personally, right? You always celebrate your personal accomplishments with the people that are around you that sacrificed part of their life to allow you to have that. That's personal. But now what do you do with your success? What do you do with the platform you get out of the hard work you personally celebrated? Now it's time to give back and great officials always are giving back, right? Like, look, you know when you guys played with great players that knew they were in the last year or two of their contract and somebody got drafted in your second to last year maybe that was replacing you, right? Did you just ignore him did you not share those secrets with him you know what i mean or like aj i mean you were out there for a decade right or over a decade and and these young linebackers are coming in and they're looking at you you know that some of the tricks of the trade right now right so you give back to that fraternity um if you love it right and if you do the right thing um that's what refs do that's, that's what this is about. And again, it's, it's cool that nobody really knows it, because that's what you pride yourself in is, you know, not being recognized. Well, Gene, that, you
0: know, Gene, you need to be that? recognized. And by the way, we will do our part to help you. We mm-hmm. won't bury refs as much. No, no. no. We'll <laughs> talk about how hard of a job it is because we do need it. And I think the reason why we talk about it so much is because as players, and I got to watch a lot of great games and, uh, you know, interact with refs, right? Punter or kicker always interacts with the refs every single, basically every single time we go in there. And I'm a chatty person, obviously. So I, I think, like, watching and knowing the importance of a great ref versus a bad ref and how much a game can change. I mean, one pass interference. Call Gene. I mean, that is yeah, an entire game change what? on its head. If it's a battle, it's like we need good refs, and you were the best of all time. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Enjoy the rest of
9: March Madness. You're crushing it, pal. Thanks, guys. It's great. Shout out to you, man. Everybody, Don Tom, Don, Don, love Tom. bird, Patty. Hey, I love you, and I love the oh, Berg God. as
0: well, ladies and gentlemen. CBS officiating analyst Gene Steratore. Hey. Hey. A quarterback that just signed a, a restructured extension to remain the trigger man of a team that has a new general manager, a new head coach, but a roster that is ready to rock. Ladies and gentlemen, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Michigan State legend, Kirk Cousins. Yeah!
10: Yeah! I don't know if I ever got to uh, congratulate you. Thank you for that t-shirt you made that made <laughs> me look like Ivan Drago. I thought that was tremendous. And... My offensive lineman thought it was even better. Well, we raised
0: a bunch of money, I think, for the foundation as well with that shirt. I mean, thanks for letting us be a part of it, dude.
10: I love it. It was a win-win.
0: Speaking of win-win, you get restructure. You're there for at least two more years. Uh, By the way, your business is fucking awesome. The way you do business, I want to let you know I have... Mm utmost respect for i think every former player does everybody does nothing but respect don't want to dive into that but with a new gm new head coach was there ever a thought especially with how much movement's happening with quarterbacks and other positions did you think you were going to end up elsewhere or did you know was there ever a conversation about you potentially drifting in? because i had you as a coach for like three days and i was oh, pumped. Yeah. oh yeah i was so pumped about it i'm like yeah he's coming to indianapolis was that ever something that crossed your mind
10: with the the nature of the way the nfl is right now you know yeah good point about how much quarterback movement there's been not only this year but it seems like the last two or three off seasons has been more than normal people are really putting a priority on the quarterback position and uh they don't feel they have one they're going out of their way to get one but uh, no it it never really got to a place of you know will we leave i think it was more of just how are we going to to stay you know what's that going to look like but the plan was always to stay i think on both sides and uh You know, I played in Washington. I really wanted to be a one-team quarterback for my whole career. And going to Minnesota, I'd really like to just be a two-team quarterback. Now, I'm not really (laughs) trying to be a three-team quarterback. So you get the three-team, four-team quarterback status. Now you're the journeyman. And uh, I'd rather, you know, just be a two-team quarterback. But going back to the business side of the league, you know, A.J. and I actually have had the same agent in Mike McCartney. And so, uh, really, it's really not me being a businessman. It's really been Mike's, you know, handling me. And I know A.J., lived that long before I have, and, and we've all both got great representation.
0: Well, I want oh, before AJ's question, I've seen his palatialist thing. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, Mike McCartney has done AJ Hawk good. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't imagine you, but don't sell yourself short, man. I saw the behind-the-scenes footage of when the Jets offered and when Minnesota offered. Then Will Compton came in here and was like, hey, me and Kirk have had a lot of conversations. you got a big business brain yourself. I understand your representation has done well, but you have to be also be in there driving. So I have the utmost respect for you, sir. Go
8: ahead, AJ. Kirk, what about your new head coach, Kevin O'Connell? How much did you know about him before he got there, and how much interaction have you had with him?
10: So he coached me for a year as my quarterback coach in Washington in 2017. Um, really enjoyed my year with him then. Um, and, you know, the interaction, you know, since then had been very minimal. You know, we played him in 19, uh, my, my second year here in Minnesota, and then played him again this past year when he was with L.A. So, you know, after the game, tap him up, say hello, but that was about it. And, um, and so I'm excited to, you know, have, have him be our head coach. And I've already been able to connect with him a little bit and get a sense of where he wants, you know, things to go. And so, we're in those early conversations of learning a new system and kind of figuring out, uh, you know, what this team's going to look like up ahead.
0: I saw you and Adam Thielen talk, I think, on his podcast, ETS. I think mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make sure I get the name right. At, on ETS, I think it's his gym and it's a podcast and Thielen, obviously, a freak show athlete. But there was a, a moment on a sideline where you explained the situation where Thielen told you live during the game, like, hey, instead of this out being at out nine yards or whatever, it's actually going to be at 13 or 15 because the way a guy's playing. And then the cameras caught you guys on the sideline, and the way you explained it is you were telling him, hey, I need you to get there quicker than." If that's what you're going to do, you need to be able to do it. And people, I think, on the internet were like, oh no, Kirk and Adam are getting into it. And the way you described it is, the good thing about having a teammate like Thielen is his emotional intelligence is high enough that you can have those type of moments and move on. I think for you, other than that you like that, I, I think you're kind of a, an enigma to a lot of people. Like, oh, there's like kind of a nerdy guy. Listening to you explain that to Adam Thielen, and understand that that's a real thing do you have to like kind of pick and choose which teammates and how you handle for everybody is it like situations or situational or are you always that fiery of a guy and you just got to hope that your teammates understand it
10: yeah you know i think there's always been an intensity there um but the longer i play and the more i'm around different people and even away from football in my off seasons the more i just place a premium on self-awareness and emotional intelligence and just kind of understanding how you fit uh, and, and how you should fit in a team. And that's just so important and such a big part of playing quarterback, such a big part of playing the NFL. So certainly it certainly shows up, you know, as you relate to teammates, relate to receivers, try to help other guys, try to serve them, try to show them, you know, how you want things done while also trying to help them and the balance of I'm going to demand from you. And I'm also going to try to help you and all those things are such a big part of playing, playing the position. Do you feel like the outside world doesn't give you enough credit or respect, or does
0: that not bother you at all? Yeah, you have to hear some of it. You
10: have to, have to, have to. The yeah, world of, I don't. Uh, I don't live in I uh, I don't live in a you know box where I don't hear anything. But uh, you know, certainly winning, winning is is kind of the the deal. I mean, you could be a pretty bad quarterback, and if your team wins, you're the man. And uh, people who know can kind of see through that, and they watch the tape, and they're like, I don't think they're winning because of the quarterback, but. Good for him you know that people are in his corner and i think the opposite can be true too when you're the quarterback you know it doesn't really matter what you do or how you play if your team's not going to the playoffs winning the division playing in the super bowl there's something wrong with you and so you're always kind of working through that of we got to win we got to find ways to win i got to play better you know and and you don't really expect people to be in your corner unless you're winning and winning consistently
8: We're, we're we're watching these pro days happen right now with these college kids coming out that are draft eligible. And we, we watch these things. Can you tell anything from a quarterback throwing on air
10: at a pro day? Like, can you tell if that's going to translate to the NFL? I think it's better than nothing. I mean, I would go, if I was an evaluator, I would go watch as many, you know, quarterback pro days in person as is realistic just to be able to see uh, how the ball leaves his hand. You know, I think in person it's different than on tape. And so I want to see how the ball comes out of somebody's hand, but Boy, it's a big difference. You guys played, you know, but it's a big difference, you know, throwing football, throwing a football on air with no pass rush and nobody covering uh, than it is playing real football with 22 people on the field with a a pass rush coming at you. So it can sometimes, you know, false sense of confidence or false sense of security that, you know, hey, this guy looks really good in shorts and a T-shirt. You have to be able to see past that, but it's truly, you know, the ball leaving a guy's hand. I think that's where Pro Days can be really valuable.
0: Hey, whenever you get drafted, same draft class as RG3, and they gave up, I think, the next 15 years of the franchise Mm -hmm. to get RG3. So you're kind of coming into a spot where you know, like, all right, this is a business. I don't have a chance. I'm going to be a backup here. But you were, you know, highly talked about coming out of Michigan Mm -hmm. State. Like, hey, this Kirk Cousins guy is a guy. He's a guy. At what moment did you know you were going to be able to play in the NFL? Because you weren't given a lot of opportunities, I assume, early in practice or really in – just life in the NFL because of the RG3 trade that happened before him even getting there. At what moment did you know you were going to be a guy in the NFL? Is there something that maybe these college value or these scouts can ask like a player to figure out if somebody's going to be a bust, if they're going to be able to play in the NFL? Did you have a moment or anything that that kind of clicked for
10: you? You know, that's a great question. Uh, Funny thing, you know, when I was in college, we had a hundred guys on the team at Michigan State and 85 on scholarship. And as long as you didn't do something really stupid, like break the law, you were going to be on the team. And I I had no concept when I got drafted. I just assumed I'd be I had no concept that when I showed up for OTAs, there were 90 guys and it was going to go down to 53. And I'm doing the math. And I remember saying to a, a veteran player, I said, I didn't realize that it's like not a lock that I'm on the team. Like, I just assumed fourth round pick, you know, fourth round pick. I'm going to be on the team. And my agent was talking like I'm going to be on the team. But like I got to go out to practice and like play better than the other options in the room. And, uh, this, this guy goes, what, uh, what round were you? And I said, I was a fourth round pick. And he said, you got one year. Yeah. He said, you're basically going to be politically gifted one year <laughs> and uh, you're okay for now, but yeah, by next year you better be good or you're going to be gone. And so I kind of learned right away, Hey man, I got to get this together. But, um, I'd probably say it wasn't until my fourth year that I it really clicked. Um, I played in my third year and played pretty poorly and got benched. And so then I was like, Maybe I'm not cut out to do this. You know, maybe I'm a backup at best. Maybe I'm uh, you know, should be selling insurance. (laughs) And uh, it was year four when uh, when it started to click. And I thought, all right, I may have some staying power.
0: What was it? Was there uh, was it just the game slowed down? The defense started. Did you understand how to be a
10: better leader? What was it? It's a great question. I think it's one I'm still trying to answer. You know, why did it suddenly click? you know, cause as I was playing, I, I was getting frustrated in years two and three. Cause I felt like I was getting better. I felt like I had ability and yet it, it just wasn't showing. There were just a lot of interceptions, a lot of just unfortunate things happening, close losses. And it was really year four when it just kind of the tables turned and suddenly those close losses were close wins. And those 50, 50 balls were going our way instead of their way. And, um, I don't know, maybe it was just that experience and being able to know the difference, but, uh, Uh, It really took a while. And then year four was when it started. and, And for the most part, I haven't really looked back.
0: People have talked about now how you have an offensive minded head coach and that changes the entire dynamic of the day. Like that changes the way the game is or the day is going to be set up. Does that change anything for you? And uh, what is your leadership style? You think is, are you like a coach in the room everywhere you are? And is that what Kevin O'Connell's expecting? I assume, because you need your quarterback to be a guy and you have become a full guy. You look the part, you act the part, you talk the part, you play the part. Not everybody has that. I just want to let you know, not everybody has that. You do though. Is that what Kevin O'Connell's expecting? And how do you see it going now with an offensive minded head coach?
10: I'll tell you I, I lead a lot differently now in my eighth year as a starter than I did in my first year as a starter. I mean, when you don't have skin on the wall, you know, you gotta you gotta kinda defer to the Pierre Garcons and the Deshaun Jacksons that, hey, you know, you guys have played ten years, I haven't. You know, it's hard for me to just kind of come in here and act like I have all the answers. That goes back again to the self awareness a little bit. But you better believe going into year eight as a starter that, you know, there, there's a little more authority there, a little more of a skin on the wall where you say, Hey, I've been here before. I've done this. This is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. And uh, I think that helps the whole team, the whole offense, when they feel like, hey, this quarterback has been around the block and uh, this isn't his first rodeo.
0: You have to have that. Me and AJ talk about this. That's what I think a lot of these teams should be trying to figure out whenever they're talking to these guys throwing on air. It's like, who has the mentality that they can take over a billion-dollar organization? Like who? That is what you need. I've got a chance to watch Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck his first couple years, so nice to everybody, just so nice to everybody. But there was transactions being made that were definitely affecting him and I know he didn't like it. And it's like, hey, you have to figure out a way to say, nah, we ain't, listen, we are doing this this way as opposed to this way. That's the difference between NFL and college ball and high school ball. And I think the world got to see it whenever you did your, you like that? <laughs> you like that? It's was like, oh, there's a little fire out of this guy. I absolutely love it. Go ahead, Ty.
4: Kirk, a common narrative now is that these receivers who are coming in are just unbelievable kind of from the get-go. And obviously you had Justin Jefferson. I think he was a first-team All-Pro his rookie year, but – have you noticed as you're, like during your time in the league, are guys kind of ready to go when they come right in? And how quickly does it take for you to kind of get the rapport with some guy where you actually trust him and you know like you're going to be on the same page when he's running routes?
10: I will answer your question, but that was the first look I got at the guy on your right with the mullet. Yeah. I just want to make sure I, I can't not address that. First question, is that a mullet? I'm yes. not sure. There's not as much business in the front. It's just kind of slick back. Yeah. But if it is a mullet, can you talk to me? It looks like the mullet's coming back in the high school age kids. Can we talk about that? that yeah, the
5: mullet's coming back. I mean, it doesn't look like it, you know there's a lot of business in the front, but there is. I mean, it's pretty long. You can, as you can tell. But yeah, it's been a right. pretty uh, long journey to get here. Uh, the mullet <laughs> is all the way back, Kirk. I think you should probably go with it, baby. You know, I kind grew of- one.
10: I grew one during. Uh, I think it was during COVID, late COVID. I grew it uh, going into the 2020 season. And I said, you know, the mullet's really cool when you're, like, throwing touchdown passes and winning. But, like, at the very first press conference after a loss, the mullet's suddenly not cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: smart. That's smart. Setting yourself up for future potential failures. There, Hey, you – you think you look cool now? Uh, threw a couple of picks there. We lost. It was Cool mullet. <laughs> cool mullet. Though that's the internet too. The internet would do that immediately. Hey, so, got a baby? Go! My, yeah.
10: I'm into the mullet, God, God.
0: Let's go, dude. That's a big but day. To, uh,
10: to answer your question, you know, you make a good point. Receivers, it's a little easier to just plug and play. There's still a lot of learning that takes place. But you know, if you're good and you can beat man coverage, you know how to run a go route. You can help a team. Uh, quarterback, there's a few more moving parts and. Um, but even that, you know, there's still a lot of busts at the receiver position, early high draft picks. I mean, Justin Jefferson was the fifth guy taken in the year we got him. You know, four receivers went ahead of him. So there's still, you know, some some complexities with evaluating that position, and, and we're lucky that he fell to us.
0: I saw Peyton uh, in the offseason. He had to get reps in with his guys because it was all – the reps the reps the amount of reps is just insane hey we're gonna run this same route a thousand times today and then we're gonna do it again tomorrow and then we're gonna do it again the next day and he was thrown to a spot every single time he threw and it was like a timing thing it was a thing of beauty you're similar you're a similar style throw how do you get those reps in with young receivers like you and Justin Jefferson it seemed like from day one we're on the same page is it just a connection with some people and you don't with others or is it just something you have to adapt to
10: I think it's that he's just pretty good at football. I remember uh, he hadn't played a lot. You know, he was getting reps with the twos. He was playing in the slot in training camp. We didn't start in the first two weeks of the year. And we go and play Houston uh, the fourth week of the year, and he runs a slant and go. And with really no background experience, I just instinctively threw him a back shoulder ball, and he just instinctively adjusts to it and makes an unbelievable catch. And among other plays leading up to that, you're like, this guy's going to be pretty good if he's doing that without a lot of time on task together. But you're right. You know, there is a level of kind of OCD and how you prepare and wanting to rep stuff over and over and over again and feeling like, you know, you're checking and rechecking everything so that you don't leave any stone unturned.
8: How good are Theo and Jefferson? Like, what sets those two guys apart? And they're both on your team. You obviously get the ball to them a lot. Like, what, what do those guys do that others don't?
10: I'm a big believer in the in the receiver position and when you build a team or an offense, having two guys. So you, a lot of talk about Justin, but I really think you need two. And, uh, and so in my career, whether it was Pierre and Deshaun and Washington or whether it was Digsy and Adam when I got to Minnesota or now Justin and Adam, having two is really what frees up the quarterback. It frees up the coordinator. It frees up the receivers to feel like, okay, I'm not going to get too much double coverage because they've got to worry about somebody else. And I think that's when the offense can really take off is at any moment, you know, you've got two dudes that can win versus man coverage and make something happen. And so Adam is a huge compliment to Justin and Justin's a huge compliment to Adam. And um, I'm grateful to get to play with both of them. I know that.
0: Is that the change the math discussion that happens? And, and how early in the game do you know who they're trying to get rid of?
10: Yeah. You know, and it's a little bit of a, you know, you're always kind of trying to get in the defensive coordinator's head and you never really feel like you do because it's like, all right, they chose to do that, but it didn't work. Are they going to come back to it? Or, hey, they did that. I didn't think that was going to be the game plan, but it worked. So now are they going to go back to that? Um, Some coordinators are, I never want to show you the same look. So I'm going to give you that look. And even if it worked, I'm not going to do it again because I'm thinking that you're expecting. And then other coordinators are, you know, whatever we do, we're going to do it the whole game and, you know, dare you to, to figure it out. So um, you try to get a feel as the game goes on, and then in the back of your mind, you're always ready for cover zero. You're like, at any moment, if this guy zeroes me, I better be ready. So there's a lot of thoughts going on, you know, the chess match between the quarterback and the D coordinator and trying not to get fooled.
0: We talked to uh, Aaron on Tuesdays, and there was this one Tuesday where he said that a defense gave him a look that he remembered from his second year playing say he was like he was standing back there and he looked and he was like, oh, they, they ran this against me in like 2006 or something like that. And he tried to like recall what, before the plays get snapped, what that look was about to do. And I guess he did figure, I think they threw a touchdown on the play. It's probably why we asked about <laughs> they it. probably did. Yeah, I would assume he did. But are you, a, is that the type of guy you are before snap, too? Are you trying to break down every, I know there's different styles of things. And uh, there's like, obviously, Peyton has his way, Tom mm-hmm. has his way, Aaron has his way. Before the play, is that all happening in your head? And then at what point do you have to shut that off? And just fucking go with it. Go with the decision.
10: Yeah, I I, I hear you. I mean, it's, um, you got to take pride in kind of being a mental football nerd that, you know, every rep you've ever had, you remember and it carries with you and it impacts the next play and how you play and process it. But I mean, Aaron, AJ will speak to it. Aaron's on a whole nother level with just the amount of information he can take in. And I've never been around him, but just observing from a distance when it's the, The play clock, the number of timeouts, the the game clock, you know, the field position, the play, the playbook, his ability to, you know, just handle it all. I mean, as Lafleur was telling me at the Pro Bowl, you know, he said, I'm calling a play to him. And he's having a conversation with the referee while he's hearing the play call. And then he goes into the huddle and calls the play like he can do both at the same time. It's unbelievable. And so I think his his arm is ridiculous. It's like he's throwing a tennis ball. His feet are quick. But I honestly think his most elite trait is his mind and uh, his ability to process so much more than 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 the rest of us. But uh, that being said, yeah, to play quarterback at this level, at this league, at a high level, anybody you got to have a mind that can you know have a high capacity.
0: I think that's a you know because there's offenses changing obviously in the NFL, uh, but if you look. Stafford Joey Burrow. I mean, that, is, that was the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes moves, obviously, but he is a passer versus Tom Brady the year before. I mean, if you have a cerebral quarterback that can break down what the hell's going on and throw the ball everywhere, that's going to have a place forever. Do you think the game changing, and this is obviously not Kirk Cousins, the quarterback for the Vikings. This is Kirk Cousins, football pundit. Do you think offensive changes that you're seeing around the NFL, do you think that's going to continue or do you think there will always be the, the same old school, mental gymnastic freaks that can pick apart a defense is going to be successful in the end?
10: That's another great question and one that I've asked myself a lot as I go through my career because I don't want to be a dinosaur. You know, I want to adapt. And so if I need to change my game, I'll change it. But I remember saying to Matt Cavanaugh, my quarterback coach in uh, Washington before Kevin arrived, just saying, you know, Kevin, Matt played 14 years in the league and coached and, you know, has been a part of multiple Super Bowls. And I said to him, you know, you think, you know, the quarterback position is going to change where you've got to run a 4-4 and, and you've got to just run around and kind of, make plays off schedule and and that's the only way to play in this league someday and he said that's going to be good that's a nice trait to have but he said I think that if if you can't throw from the pocket go through a progression throw with accuracy and kind of do it the old school way also you can't play and so he said there will always be that foundation you have to have and that anything above that is 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 a bonus
0: Go ahead, Connor.
5: Yeah, Kirk. First things first. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Just grow the damn mullet back. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> all is said. And We're gonna done. be
0: just fine. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Dalvin,
5: Dalvin Cook. Who Zero
0: cares? interceptions. Yeah, none. Zero. The entire seat. New offense. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be a
5: perfect offense. Speaking of the new offense with a first-year head coach, first-year GM. Do they ask you for any input? You know, going into free agency and going into the draft, what you think the team you know might need to, to take the next step and maybe overtake the Packers
10: you know I I I think they're open to input I don't even know that I waited to ask for if they wanted (laughs) input I just kind of shared it and I kind of preface it with you can do what you want with this but here's my take on you know where we're at not only on the roster but as an organization you know here's where we're at and and then I honestly once I say my piece and share it then it's hey you guys are you know in big roles and you're paid to do that job and you got to go do it so whatever you do you know you do and uh but i I just want them to have information that they can then make decisions with however they want to do it
0: i like the thought of quest sitting there you know he just got the job just got the vikings gm job man what a day fucking gm all right here we go sits down at night you know doing whatever and all of a sudden he gets an unknown uh number with a text hey what's up man welcome to the vikings this is kirk here are some thoughts, <laughs> but you're setting a precedent too. I think though, you're also setting a precedent. Yeah. Like I think, right?
10: Yeah, honestly, what what you just described is is eerily similar to what happened. You know, it was oh, like, yeah. nice to meet you. We need to win. Here's my thoughts on how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you know, it's it's been great though. They they're just classy guys, hardworking, smart, and um, and now you know, like I said, hey. We checked the first box in terms of getting the right people in here, you and Kevin and, and all that. But I said the second box of checks is, is is to go win, you know, and that's on on me as much as on anyone. And that we don't get to figure that out till the fall, but uh, we're taking steps on our way there right now.
0: Kirk, your legacy is going to be, you know, forever. After you retire, they're going to talk about whether you win or not. I like the fact that you're taking ownership over that, honestly. And, and I think a lot of guys around the league are starting to do that. Like, hey, listen the way things are being talked about, social media, conversations, narratives, the way it's more than ever, and it's only going to grow, by the way, as more of these platforms and more money goes, the fact that you understand, like, hey, the way I'm going to be talked about forever is how we do this inquest. Quest. Like, that ownership is what I think everybody wants and needs out of their quarterback. And not just their quarterback, all their pillar positions. I love hearing, I'm sure Vikings fans are pumped to hear you right now. Uh, go ahead, Tone. Last question for you, Kirk. Appreciate
2: you. Uh, Kirk, I'm not sure if you heard or not, when Russ Wilson went to uh, the Denver Broncos because he was asked about their division and he said he was pumped to play in the best division, blah, 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 whatever. Be honest with us. Were you hoping that Aaron Rodgers retired?
10: (laughs) I always want the neighborhood to be as friendly as possible. (laughs) (laughs) And as long as Aaron Rodgers lives at the end of the cul-de-sac, you know, the neighborhood's going to be challenging. And, um, you know, we always say, hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best kind of a thing. So we don't want to back into anything. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I thought that uh, the division would be just as difficult if Aaron Rodgers were somewhere else. You know, that's just out of respect for his game and the way he's played for, you know, 17 years. So, um, um, you know, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta go toe to toe with that team. Uh, that's been a great team the last several years. Well coached, you know, and, uh, and you gotta find a way to get it done. And, and that's why you work so hard and why you're on the phone with the, with the GM and the head coach. <laughs> Here's what I think we need to do because You know, it's a matter of inches and the difference between playing meaningful football in January and February and sitting at home watching it on TV. Cliff
0: Kingsbury told us right here he came in during the Combine. And he said, uh, whenever we told him that, you know, it's rumors that Russell Wilson's going to be leaving, and he said, Th- I hope God. I hope-, I hope to God he's out of the NFC West, you know. So what you're saying here is not, uh, you know, a unique one. It's a real one. And it's respect for the uh-huh. great the great players around. And Kirk, what's the offseason look like? What are you doing right now? You golf? How's the golf game working out a little bit? Mental test? You know, Russell Wilson watched every single play
10: yeah. that the Broncos
0: had last yeah. year in a two-day period. Are you studying the film right now? What does all, all offseason look like for Kirk Cousins?
10: Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I got a film set up. You know, I do my body work, but you better believe I'm going to hit the golf course too and spend some family time. I'm actually spending most of my off season here in Orlando. We're basically around Disney World a lot. So we get over there. I'm a little bit of a Disney guy. So uh, get over there and have fun with that too. So that's kind of my change of pace. But I also got to say before I get off, seeing AJ reminded me, uh, one of the greatest regrets of my entire life and certainly, in my football career was early in my career. My agency called me and said, "Hey, you got an opportunity to go sit and look at um, in LA, watch a filming of The Office, the you know the actual show." And they said, "For proof that you can do it, here's a picture of AJ Hawk." He went and watched the film, The Office, got to meet the characters, all that stuff. Literally, I saw a picture of AJ in The Office, <laughs> and uh, that face. I, I almost did it, I had a few things going on, I turned it down, and to this day, it like pains me to say that, but uh, I just had to bring it up with AJ, the fact <laughs> he did that, man, I'm so jealous, and I was so stupid not to, uh, not to do it too, but I just wanted to hear what that experience was like.
8: Oh, it was awesome, thanks to Julie for setting that up. Uh, it was right after the Super Bowl, and I had my hand in a full cast, I had just had surgery, and had my wrist rebuilt, and had a two-month-old baby, and we took her in there and spent like six hours, we ate lunch with all the characters. Yeah, it was it was crazy, Kirk. If you're like, obviously you're a fan. How are we just uh, yeah, starting? Kirk, Kirk, you just it started some feral shit. Feral how,
0: how did this even? How did this even not get brought up until Kirk Cousins comes on the show? How was I going to bring it up? I mean, we've talked mean? about bomb runner thousand yeah. yeah, ten thousand times, Michael. I mean, literally, we've talked about this yeah. no a less than a yeah, at least it.
4: a thousand times. At,
0: like, I'm not even exaggerating. A thousand. And it's never brought. He's Kirk, brought this is bullshit. Yeah, what he's is been the been deal? On a
5: real role That's
0: unbelievable, <laughs> Kirk. I wish you would have went so we could have <laughs> talked to you about it. I know you would have at least brought it up if we're like, hey, <laughs> The Office, pretty good show. You would have said, you know, I actually watched one of Like, you would have done that, Kirk, because you're a good human. You know what I mean? The AJ, yeah, right,
10: yeah, exactly, Friends don't not tell friends yeah. about visiting the office cast. Amen. Thank, Thank you. You're right, Thank Kirk. You, Thank you, Thank Kirk. You, Kirk. Thank Kirk. you, Gee, Kirk. Gee, grow
0: the mullet back, Kirk. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Thank hey, you, Kirk. Kirk! Uh, yeah, that was awesome, that show. Uh, it's good. I, good. I wasn't sure how it was going
8: to be. I'm glad they're killing it still.
0: Boy, I'll tell you what. I regretted going whenever they played the back three songs of Hotel California that I'd, I only heard of one of them. I, I hadn't really heard of the other two songs. Because I guess every album back in the day is a full story, right? So you hear Hotel California, that's the launch off of the entire story for that entire album. And they, they took a lot of pride in that. We missed the first fucking six chapters of the story. Yeah. Uh, Hotel California to where we were. I'd never heard of that song before. So it was like... All right, this sucks is what I said. And we can't, this fucking thing's right in front of us. I can't see anybody. And then they go, Oh, we got a 20-minute break. And then the lights come on. I'm like, this is the worst fucking night of my life. I cannot wait to bury this experience tomorrow. <laughs> and then they came back on and went for two and a half fucking hours, and it was just like, Oh, this is amazing. And watching like some like a Hall of Famer like go to work, like and do their thing. And obviously, you could see things on TV, and you can see things on a screen, but like just watching that live, and, and I don't know how lo- how much longer, right? Yeah, Anybody probably not see that? true. Probably not very. Much it was fucking long. really cool, inspiring, dude. Like inspiring. I, I hope. Agree. I hope to watching- one. Yeah, I hope to one day be half as much of a showman as fucking Joe Walsh. Honestly, one day.
8: Or to like be as like be so into something as much as like they are. Like they live that. Like how Gene is about refing, like it's the juice like he feels like game day is game day like everyone feels it and that's what kept him refing for so long i feel like these musicians i mean that's what they live for is to get on stage so it's fun to i like to watch all the little interactions like between songs how they talk with each other all their fists bumping like i get pumped when i see them have like great camaraderie like oh you guys are a team you're still juiced You've been doing this for thirty years. You should hate each other, probably. Yeah, and there's all the yeah, and I think there was
0: those moments for the Eagles. Oh yeah, I think they had, when hell
8: freezes over, right? Didn't they have an album. They, they said they'd get back together when hell freezes <laughs> over, and then they named their album when hell freezes mm-hmm. over. Was that them?
0: Yeah, was it? I believe so. Yeah, and was it because of Joe?
4: I think he was a big part of it, but that was when he was kind of you know going through it. I think as well.
0: And by the way, just want to—I could see how that would be an issue if Joe, who's obviously the show yeah i mean he was i would assume he was like that all the time but if he's obviously the show and he's the one also potentially causing a lot is there jealousy involved there Ooh. too because in his mind he's probably thinking that plus also any of
8: the other factors you well, could Don see- henley's like the leader isn't he sub- like the supposed leader of the eagles yeah i think
7: don also but don also had a very successful solo career so i think he was part of that yeah. as well
8: yeah wasn't it don and the guy that died who didn't they fight a lot
7: Not sure.
0: I'm going to say this. If you're on the
8: road and you are a bunch of incredibly talented people
0: and, you know, the road life isn't easy and you get and there's some extracurriculars also getting added into there and, you know, agents and business and money and everything. I don't know how any band that tours ever remains...
8: Friends, they're happy. each each person too, like each individual member. They have their people, their man managers, their agents, their family saying, "Hey, you need more solos. Like you, you need you're you're one of the best people in the group. Why is old buddy getting all the shine? Like that that's a huge thing. I don't know how you you figure out. And by the way, all that might be accurate too. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. when you have that many talented people. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah,
0: that could be accurate as well, but you just kind of got to buy your role here. Like their bassist, right? He's probably very fucking good. For yeah. sure. He's probably like a very talented bassist, but for a lot of those songs, he's just, you know, kind of. And then whenever he's asked to sing, he comes and fucking kills it. It's like, oh, this guy could probably, like, if this guy really wanted to, he probably could have done his own thing, but that's. He probably the- has his own,
8: he probably has a few albums on his own anyway. You yeah. know, they're all. They all feel like they can do everything.
0: Yeah. Well, I think last night I saw a group of dudes that could. It was fucking
8: unbelievable. Over they played over. Well, they were there over three hours.
0: I I eleven. I mean, eight three Jeez. hours. They played three hours minus That's twenty. Awesome. I guess two hours and forty
8: minutes. That's think about so that. So they're wild. They're definitely in their seventies, right? All of them. Yeah. Man, it's a long time. It's
0: amazing. Uh-huh. The whole, they had a fucking symphony and a, a whole orchestra and from indie.
8: Oh, really? Like the local.
0: Yeah, and they said support your local musicians and everything like that. Then the guy that scored like Hotel California, Jim, Ed, something, he was there in the back. It was like he got a big-time pop. It's like, oh, these are like music nerds that just did rock and roll. Like That's what it sounds – and that's why it's so fucking good and everything just makes so much sense. It was – I really enjoyed it I did. Yeah, that's, that's sweet That's good to
4: know That they still have Their fastball too Cause that Like you know You do hear sometimes Like some of these Like legendary bands Or like you go see them You know 20 years later Or whatever When they've been touring It's like oh man Like they stunk the What the was fuck down? was that <laughs> That
1: sounded like A scissor lift
2: it Sounded like the Fucking whole Is Nuclear it? power plant Shut down
8: What was that What happened is that you okay? the fucking I mean, E went off? I had my little, um, my, little yeah. yeah, <laughs> <all>. <laughs> my little baby vacuum. And fan. Yeah, that's all. My little baby vacuum with that two ashes in between. What's Hit the that deal button? You got a little baby vacuum deal? What? I burned three four of them for some reason. I guess when you when you pick up hot ashes accidentally, it shuts the motor off. So I've had to order four of these <laughs> He's burning it up. <laughs> you don't say. You can't you
0: can't vacuum fire. Okay. I know. Yeah. I gotta
8: I gotta pat it out before I I do it. Yeah, smart. And
0: just maybe don't start fires too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a broom. I'm not starting fires. You're talking about them mailing it in though, potentially,
4: or just like not being that good anymore because yeah. they're old. Yeah, they. It's do. hard no. to
8: sing. I, at seventy years old, I would imagine your voice doesn't feel like it did when you were thirty. The leader of the band, also the drummer, his name is Don
2: Henley.
0: Don, he carried a, uh, like a mm-hmm. for.
8: Uh, he did he, Desperado, right? Didn't he sing that? What's that, buddy? Doesn't he sing
0: Desperado? Oh yeah! And by the way, uh, that was I don't want to give away a set list. Second song of encore. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. okay. Second song of encore, Desperado. We we actually left after Desperado. Fair enough. I think there was two songs left it's in great the encore that we found song. from online but yeah, he killed it. But in their show, the show, like it was hard for me not to just watch a lot of thinking. I didn't I had my phone out two times. One was during that 20-minute break, and I realized, all right, I got to get on the move. Let me catch up. And then another one was, there was a string of two songs that I didn't know, and they were slow. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to fall asleep. It's been a long day. Let me go see what's going on. But I didn't want to distract them, you know, because I was in their eyes. And if I'm putting on a show, I don't want the motherfucker in the front row. So I had to time it out where, like, I wasn't going to be seen by anybody there, and I went pretty quick. Other than that, had phone in the pocket for three hours... Just kind of enjoying the show, watching the show. So it's a lot of thinking at Eagles concerts, by the way. A lot, mm. a lot of thinking, a lot of like breaking down the show. They have this, uh, they had this camera that was on a, a roller, obviously, and it was like a PTZ, and it was like, oh, the production of the live show here on the on the screen. I was actually like, oh, if we did that, we could still have like six cameras. PTZs, Foxy can still cut the show oh, yeah. basically, and we can even get better shot. Like, that's what I was doing for a good, <laughs> you know, like 45 minutes. Like, all right, and if we do this, we got to raise this, obviously, and we got to sell the back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then uh, we get back in. All right. Life's been good to me All right, yeah. we're, back, yeah. we're back in this Steve thing. wake up It was crazy It felt like I was like Experiencing life Back in the day Before phones though mm-hmm. It was cool It was a cool th-
8: Hey, when, uh, when Big Steve Was taking a nap Did you think For a split second Oh no This dude's dead
0: Well <sighs> I thought Steve Had way too much juice To ever die To be honest early. you know, that's Pinch my- his nose
8: You gotta pinch his nose That's what my brother Always does to me It pisses you off so bad If you're sleeping And someone pinches your nose
0: I, I, Yeah your brother Sounds like he's trying To torment you I, Steve, I mean I do it to him But yeah because you're a bully, but Steve was a good guy, he's a nice guy, just loved that he was at that concert. You know, he was just- Got a little too tuned up. He he just had two Jamesons. He he thought he was only gonna have one Jameson. (laughs) You know, he thought he was new. He said, uh, Steve was, uh, you know, he didn't know who I was when I sat down, obviously, which is awesome, incredible, this is what I would like. And then a couple of the security people, while the music's playing, uh, while they're still playing Hotel California there, Couple of dudes come up like, "Hey, Pat, good. To, uh, your disguise isn't that great, or something. Like that. I had a hood up and whatever." I'm like, "Oh, cool." And they all had masks on, so I couldn't see, and it was dark, so I had no idea who the fuck any of these people were. And I'm talking to him, and he goes, "Did you know that guy I just shook your hand?" And I said, uh, "I think I've met him or something." He goes, "My friend's wife's." Uh, brother security, scared you he's supposed to come say hello to me I, I don't know if that was him or not or whatever and i was like oh i don't know i wish i could tell you man i was like i want to let you know though if he did think he just said hello to you it went very smooth nice clean dad <laughs> it was very good i think he was happy i couldn't see his face so he did a great job he goes oh thanks right and then he goes back to his thing and then somebody tells him i think who i was So as soon as that music stops, he goes, what's your name? Screaming, okay? And we're at the front row, so his ear, it's like echoing there. I'm like, hi, I'm Pat, man. He goes, I'm Steve. What's your last name? He's like, screams at me. I'm like, "Uh, Johnson. Yeah, he goes, ha, 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 ha. It's Pat Johnson. It's not not Pat McAfee or whatever. You know, like this guy was, I think he's a salesman of some sort. Like his energy felt like that Mm -hmm. whole thing. He A lot of Chris Farley in him too. Wow. Uh, But he was a good guy. He was a nice guy, but. I was so bummed for him. He fucking was passed out during the only moment he was waiting for. Mm, yeah, The only moment, Roche dude. Mistakes. It was stolen from him. The standing was stolen from him for that entire time. <laughs> and then the moment for it to happen, he's fucking passed out. I was so... I mean, bummed. that's
8: kind of on Steve. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... It would have made th- it better if during the... Like, if he'd have been sleeping during that two song... Those two boring songs, if you would have sat down next to him and just rested your little head on his shoulder and dozed off. No, I
0: was... You got to remember, I was... I mean, I was incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable that entire time. So, you know, my ass was asleep. My right ass cheek was asleep. Oh, yeah. Because I'm slouched down in the chairs. Listen, I don't want to be like too much of a prick here. We paid a lot of money for those fucking ticket. Those chairs, they mailed it in on those chairs. That's not fucking Eagles. That's goddamn this fucking place. game bridge. Yeah, this fucking place. So I'm, I'm on like a steel chair that has like a little pad, but I got a fat ass and I'm heavy and I'm on so inside. So my entire right leg was asleep. Like there was no, when Vince Gill was doing something awesome and I saw it on the screen, I was like, all right, I can watch this on TV. I should watch it in person. Getting to him all the way over here was a task. I mean, it was like quite a, I'd like fucking lift my leg up almost like here we are. So there's no way I was sleeping on that guy's shoulder, but he did sleep for a good 20, 30, I think. He missed a lot of bangers, I think. Yeah, guy.
5: I'm sure those weren't the only two Jmos he had, too. I, oh, yeah. But he had quite yeah. a few
0: before he came in there. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> it was so loud.
8: I've never heard somebody speak that loud
6: before.
8: <laughs> it's weird when they play the full album. I know I went to, someone invited my wife and I to a Stevie Wonder concert like five years ago. General Bob was in the box with us. It was, I don't know who got the tickets, whatever. My wife actually likes Stevie Wonder a lot. He has some hits for sure. And he's playing these songs. And we were like an hour and a half in, and I'd never heard one song he played. He's my <laughs> wife. I'm like, what are we doing? I what is he playing? I have no clue. And then someone that was that that got the box, like, oh, this is great. He's playing oh, this yeah. one album that nobody knows about oh, that didn't right, get was... the attention Stevie felt like deserved. He's playing it from front to back, and I'm like, okay, let me see the album. And we look it up, and I'm like, I've never heard of one of these. He's not. I told my wife, I'm like, I hate to break it to you, you're not getting the hits that you thought you were getting. So. We can make a decision here now, stay or go. What do we do?
0: So, Hotel California, obviously, legendary album. They played through it. There's a couple songs on there, though, that nobody's heard of except for The Die Hard, too. By the way, I'm sitting with. Yeah, flanked by. um, Yeah. I'm around them. So, whenever they would play a song that I'd never heard of that was slow, you know, and it's definitely, I mean, I could see how people thought it was a good song. I just have never fucking heard of it. You could tell the people that were like explaining to other people about what this song was. And like why you know they knew what it was, and the fact that we don't, we are less of Eagles fans, and there was a lot of that going on for a certain amount of songs out there too. Like, oh, you don't know the song? Like, all right, yep.
8: no, I don't. <laughs> of course, and they, they got to not those it, people like that have to claim like they don't like the hits. Like, oh, I don't want to hear it play this. Like, if anyone else has ever heard of it, I don't like it because they're not a true fan. Well, I love the motivational speeches from the diehard fans in between the songs. <laughs> what do you hey. like? What?
0: Still got it, Joe! You know, but he's got to hear things that he can't hear a fuck. Yeah. they can't hear a fucking word yeah. we're saying, right? Unless there is an actual moment. There's a couple moments where there was a callback moment where I think they probably turned it down in the ears a little bit so they could hear it. That's like it's SmackDown. When I have my headphones on, like I cannot hear what the crowd is saying unless it's through the TV. So sometimes I like legitimately, if a, a, a chant is happening, like I have to take off my headphones to like hear what it is and then I have to, th- if it's not good, I have to think of something that sounds similarly and then say it or whatever, you know, like because the headphones are in. I saw all of them had like the same exact headphones I'm in, and people are yelling at them. It's like, those motherfuckers
8: can't hear a word. Yeah, you answer the
0: mix up though for the crowd? Uh, for WWE? No, no, for like performers probably. I don't, I, I don't think
8: so. They're all separate. I know like talking to musicians, they all, some of them want way more like crowd noise, some want only instru- Like some people, tell how they want it. Hey, it sounded like they were super music people. You know, Uh, like I I would believe that. Like it sounded like instrument
4: heavy and
0: like super Mm -hmm. and because the there's there was a grand piano, there was a fucking other thing. So they just basically zone out. Symphony, I think so. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we're Mm -hmm. doing a show right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a whole give and take. But maybe they could hear it. I don't know. The motivational speeches, Timmy, you're killing it. I know. (laughs) I still don't know who Timmy (laughs) is. Just say thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. If Joe was to respond every time he was yelled at, though, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Talking on the radio, yeah. I mean, he is legend, bro. That life's been good to me, a performance. He had a me?
8: big, uh, he had a big solo career, didn't he? Well,
0: life's been good to me, is his, and I don't think he had to do much more than that. They yeah. probably just play that on the radio. This guy's coming, bang, sell out the entire. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Man, he that him shredding too, because it wasn't perfect, right? Which I think is like the difference of live versus the album stuff, like the. You know, the creative liberties that are taken, whether it's because he either forgets what he's supposed to say or he has missed the time where he was supposed to say something. So now he just like he was remixing some songs. Yeah, that's that's why
4: people love it, because it's memorable. You know, like really, when you go to those live shows, like there's a good chance that whoever's in there that night, that's like the only version of that song that like the only people who are ever going to hear that are the people that were there. It was awesome.
0: I had fun. Uh, I guess there's uh, they're coming to Columbus, April 19th. There you go, AJ. There's four tickets to the front row available on SeatGeek right now, AJ. Buy now, I, don't
8: need, I don't need the front row. You know my spot. I like I told you. Side stage or box. <sighs> yeah.
0: I, you know, I don't think I'll ever say front row again, but I'm happy it was for <laughs> a Joe Walsh show. Yeah. <laughs> Experienced it. It was cool,
8: man. It was really cool. I don't think Don Henley would be too happy with you calling it the Joe Walsh show.
0: No offense to him. I didn't even see him. <laughs> it's not his Just fault it's because the
8: drums were you know
0: back middle and you <laughs> the <laughs> drums couldn't... were back middle right behind the box yeah you couldn't see it I could not see a little... does he play
8: the drums and sing at the same time oh yeah
0: very t- I saw that on like the uh, on the TV very, very
8: difficult from what I hear
0: yeah but by the way like belting it while still I was very impressed with him but I, once again I couldn't see it yeah, I saw I him mean... on a TV he might have been zoomed in you know what I mean mm-hmm. from where I was at That's even awesome. though I was closest to him I think out of anybody but when he came up to the front and he started singing there were five wide right there. And I'm just looking straight up at him. It's like, holy shit, this is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, this yeah. is the goddamn Eagles here. Good lighting too. The mood was a pretty good I set I bet. The vitamins are great. Hell yeah. Had to pour my uh, bottle of water into some see-through plastic cups though. So I was two ice cold waters wide. wide. <laughs> and they became two very warm waters wide. wide. Couldn't get any more waters because during that 20 minutes, everybody in the arena was trying to get waters. Why? The lines are 45 to 50 minutes long. Why? We only have 20 minutes. Why? Why is this building constructed the way it is? Why? I see they're trying to make some advances. They have gone backwards. Why? Those are just some thoughts that I had Yeah. during that 20 minute period. Did you have neck cramps? Was it that kind of angle? So the way I was kind of sprawled out, because I was right in the middle, so nobody was going in front of us, right? Because if they wanted to exit, they would go that way or that way. Oh, so we nice. we were the end of exiting left portion because we were in the middle. Nice. So able to kick the legs out, which goal number one whenever I'm going somewhere, because I like the legs to be able to kind of go out. So my neck actually wasn't that bad because I was laying. It was just the sciatica all the way down yeah. there, to the heel all basically. It was... But well, it was awesome. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Tri- Tyree kills a goddamn dolphin.
8: Man. <laughs> Gump, is, Gump is very excited.
0: Ooh. Gump was. Uh, sa- I parked in his basement garage. Because there's... Was- oh, for the show. By the way, Indiana. like.
5: <laughs> well, I mean, they've been trying <laughs> to rebuild that garage next to Greenbridge for the past three years. Yeah,
0: this fucking place, dude. Can't get what? home. They shut down all the goddamn roads to go home. Yeah. yeah. Just they, they, there's never. I I assume there's a city organizer that decides, like, when construction's done to what. And we had a good couple years where there wasn't a lot happening. And, you know, like, there was just boards up all over everybody's fucking windows Mm -hmm. where I think they could have made some of the changes, maybe, that they wanted to make. But now, like, every parking garage was full. Oh, yeah. That was anywhere within earshot of the goddamn arena. It's like, how do we not have enough parking? And then they shut down roads that lead you to and out. It's just... It was a clusterfuck. Yeah, shit show. That's why I miss fucking Hotel California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bullshit.
5: Sons of bitches.
0: Damn you, Hawk set. That's why. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Loop. 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Definitely.
8: He's still there? Yeah,
2: unfortunately.
0: I
8: don't know. When's the election? Two, yeah, two I years? On a Tuesday
2: at some point. Yeah. That is right. Super. It's okay. a super
0: Tuesday. 20, 24. I don't know if he's going to win. I, I don't know if a lot of incumbents at local legislatures are going to win. Yeah, um, probably just, not. It's rainwater's time.
4: I don't know if he's running again. Oh, he
0: will. He fucking better be. Rainwater's a goddamn gubernatorial candidate, please, sure. not a mayor. Goddamn, learn your fucking law politics. Oh, yeah, apologies.
5: yeah. No, that's on me. I was mixing up Rainwater's brother, who's also running for mayor.
0: <laughs> the Rainwaters are like the territories of <laughs> Exactly,
5: <laughs> Gene Rainwater.
0: How about Gene Steratore saying uh, my dad you know is was in it and I got a cousin Frankie and then my uh, my little brothers yeah. in there and then my son is in small Those ball. Racket. and then he said play by the way he was talking about for refing he was like I play here I play mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I like that I like yeah. that mindset like that is how it is the third team on the field like that is that is yeah. what we need every ref to have AJ mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of promise and hope came from that conversation with uh, Steratore for me
8: I agree but also to what you said yesterday before he was on the show, he absolutely should have some kind of school that he runs on how to deal with play. Like I, I like how they probably have a, they, they don't get as much training on. Hey, how do you interact with coaches? How do you interact with players? That's what Gene I think really specializes in.
0: Well, Gene, Western Pennsylvania Pizano, you know Pittsburgh paisano.
8: I read where he has he and his brother have a Steritor Sanitation Company. Is that real?
0: Uh, that would that would be hilarious.
8: That would <laughs> I be read so Italian. Real. I couldn't. Yeah.
0: I can't I fucking handle how Italian jeans territory is. Yeah. yeah everybody's saying yes. Steritor- I think sanitation so. If I, if I remember correctly. By the way, they're efficient. They're quick. They're they're mm-hmm. good business. In and out. Sanitation business. Hey, territories You know what that means. Uh-oh. He's the best ref in the history of the NFL? That's right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what we thought, dude.
5: What's his other brother do?
0: They're all unofficiating.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Oh, okay. Are we sure? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. These families, they get big. Who are these families? Italian families. Wow. Now he's saying, these wow. uh, you people. Talkin- is that what
0: you're saying next? No.
5: Come talking on. about the stereotores. We'll uh, okay.
0: oh, I
4: do love man. how he was talking about That's giving technical fouls and he said, you know, I got to whack you.
0: Yeah. I got <laughs> yeah. I to <gotta>, <laughs> whack you. Exactly. By the way, this is suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. This ain't a murder. See what I'm saying? I got to hit you one time to put you down in your seat and then if I got to whack you, anytime you see the hand go over <laughs> yeah. like this, you know what I'm talking
5: my father told me you got a bazooka on you. <laughs> okay,
0: that's throwing BBs. You don't need to bring the bazooka, but you don't show that thing. You throw that. thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. all time. He goes, I was down on the south side last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all. He's the man. But he talked about there's five percent where you got to massage the game. Where he said, Randy, get to the top of his route. He got his hand down here is he cheating kind of but he cheated good so let's go ahead and let this thing roll or whatever (laughs) that type of feel i think a lot of refs are missing out on it's probably because they're scared to fucking death out there that's the problem gene had confidence and i think that's what gene's saying like 15 years of doing this you build up the confidence to be able to handle yourself in that situation so i don't know how it's fixed maybe the territory standard uh school is maybe the answer and by the
8: way, we would we would love to invest in that if that is the case, yeah. especially after talking to them, let alone watching them. Yeah. Reffing's hard, man. I when I was like in sixth grade, I'd ref on weekends. I'd ref these basketball games, starting at like kindergartners up through like third or fourth grade, and it was brutal. Like the parents were horrible, yelled at me the whole time. Like it was a joke.
0: I ref soccer. I think one weekend. Yeah. I threw I threw one fan out, <laughs> Dad.
8: I, I did do that as an ump. When I'd ump behind the plate, coaches, fans parents it was terrible made two terrible calls i mean absolutely terrible calls (laughs) (laughs) in soccer yeah like what are i don't even understand any of the calls in soccer when i'm watching my daughter i don't get it
0: well there's like the let it play on you know type stuff and then there isn't like i'm a big play on guy and i think that's because when i played it was like
8: hey is that for like you're talking like offsides or what do you mean
0: no like if somebody fouls you but you feel like the team is still getting advantage you should just let that thing go and i'm a big like hey we should let this go like if the team is getting the ball let it go and there was a couple of fans that didn't like how loose I was calling the game, you know, because I like a little bit more of uh, active in there. And I decided this ain't fucking for me. I, that guy stinks and so does his kid. So, mm-hmm. I, Why do
8: soccer refs have to wear the high socks like they have shin guards on?
0: You don't like uniforms, dude? Why Because our on? uniforms are the worst. Oh, are they?
8: It's right. Are they? Dude. Yes. Son of a
0: bitch. I disagree. That guy that uh, ref the United States men's game, mm-hmm. what was his name? The uh, Jamaican
1: guy. Yeah, he was. A he stranger. had
0: all he he had. <laughs> okay, yeah. I ain't Just to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he <laughs> looked big awesome. Big one,
1: big one. Tomorrow night at the Azteca in Mexico, my friend. Who? Oh, yeah. USA versus Mexico. Plus three sixty. U.S. is yeah, on the money line.
8: Let's Jesus. fucking boost that. By the way, that's, not, that's not where people got curb stomped.
0: Is well, it?
2: it is in that country. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's around there. Jeez. Liga MX is not pumped that you will remember that forever. But it's going to be hard not to bring up every single I time. I feel for the poor victims, yeah. Everyone what do you mean? Won. The
4: Everyone governor won. said no one got hurt. True. That was all. That was not real. Dead.
0: Oh, false died. flag? That's what I mean. He said pe- people got hurt. He said nobody was, died. Well, yeah, but. There's some bodies. Yeah, they're, dead.
1: Yeah,
5: they're dead now, actually. I think <laughs> they just weren't at the Ooh, time. 17 of them.
0: Rest in peace to them, please. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we're back in the win and boost game.
8: Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? Really?
0: We tried to put a couple boosts up for March Madness. They were turned down.
8: So now you have some that are...
0: Well, we put one in for the Pens last night, Mm -hmm. you know, for Sidney Crosby to uh, score a point and then for the Pens to beat the fuck out of the Columbus crew. And uh, they did. It happened. That was almost the easiest thing of all time. They pitched, by the way, classic, classic pitch. uh, Sidney Crosby to score a goal and for the Pens to win. And I said, well... The reason why Sidney Crosby is the GOAT is because he doesn't just score. He creates opportunities. Yeah. So he moved it to score a point and for them to win. I think at a point on the first goal, he ended up with three assists. I mean, how you doing? Keep it moving. We did it. We're back. Everybody eats shit. We win.
1: Yeah. Three he,
5: he gave Getzel a wide open net, too, on one beautiful feed. Well, oh, And he sick.
0: also scored a goal, I guess, and got taken back because of Getzel's uh, hand. or whatever. Oh, whatever the case, imagine Still. if that would have happened and that was the boost. We would have oh. been so mad. Oh. Furious.
5: Something to think about, though, now. Getzel will score a goal in the Penguins to win. Oh, Keep his
2: name feed. out of your mouth, okay? I don't like you saying it. You're a Kraken
5: fan, so why do you even no, care?
2: No, no, I'm a fan.
5: Yeah, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not a Pens fan.
2: Talked about this many, many times. Yeah. Well, you shut
0: up and keep rooting for an AHL team I was too busy watching Moe Sider fucking take out the Flyers last night oh, the Flyers that's stink the best Stank. young guys in the league you guys are that's fucked not true. for the next year I'm best sorry young guys the league. I'm Y'all college, college hockey team. team way to go yeah. that's yeah. awesome yeah. hey These watch you watch you guys mad. play against Ohio State this next this guy is 6-4 and he's taking bodies out congrats your season ends
7: like two weeks no Idiot. Texas hockey baby you guys never celebrated a cup dude hey maybe
0: maybe the Red Wings can build up their record by playing against, like, you know, the indie fuel. Yeah, there you smart. go. That's you an idea. Your mouth, By the way, hey. they got a six foot four guy that flies no. around. Oh, yeah, True. and they
2: have a packed house. Oh, yeah. I went to the home and garden show the same time that they had a game on Friday night. Did somebody hit the uh, <coughs> I, don't Gumpy. Know. I don't know, but there was Gumpy. a packed house crowd.
0: What is this guy's problem? He laughed at you for going to home and garden show. Don't that's fucking good show down there.
2: It's a great show. Yeah. Fucking Patios were incredible. Probably had some generators out there, all kind of stuff. I did, actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, they have entire rooms set up there, too. It's like a little home around. they
2: had outside saunas. They were fucking sweet. Tell you what,
1: I don't hate that those days are behind me, my friend.
2: (laughs) 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 That was my idea. Go show.
0: Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Gumpy lives in an apartment.
2: Yeah. Right next
0: to uh, a homeless man who smokes blunts rapidly on a bike. Because oh, yeah. he accosted uh, Sam and I like four different times while we were walking to Gumpy's apartment to get our car back. He was coughing heavily, and I go, uh, this guy might die right here. You all right? That's why I was right here in I said, all right, respect, respect. <laughs> you know, I just gave him like a good old respect and just kept it moving. And then he stopped coughing. I'm like, oh, he's getting back on his bike right now. Didn't want to turn to look at him. Didn't want to make eye contact. We're the only two on the street. So then he rides his bike by us, and uh, his feet slip off the pedals right next to us. Naturally. So now he's hit his dick off of the the bar in the middle. So, oh, (laughs) now he's next to us again. I'm like... Uh, you're going to be all right, man. Just hit that blunt again or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, my God. All right, all right. And then we walk, keep walking. Then, boom, he comes up again. Bang, Jesus. he's outside it again. And he's like, oh, you guys know where?" Nope, we have no fucking clue where we are. We're lost too, pal. Sorry about it. All right. And then he ups, <laughs> rides the bike again. You know, this guy was awesome. Is this I was, Gumpy's roommate? I think so, yeah. That,
1: that alley at night is... bad. Uh, you dangerous. never know, my friend. It was a great never conversation. Heard. I think
0: mean, I got pretty good... Uh, you know, I got a pretty good pop out of a couple of those, though. He, he came with something new each time, which I respect. It was the blunt, then it was his nuts, then it was he was lost. So that's fucking, those are three very good attention grabbers. He didn't even ask for money. He was just fucking, I think, wanted a conversation. Hmm. Good guy. I don't know if he's well, a good guy. I think he. I think. He, fresh out of jail, but. Uh, we're not sure. Oh, no, the jail's
5: right there. That guy, a thousand percent, is fresh out of jail.
0: He did have some hilarious tats on his hands, I saw, on the bike, because he did find a hoodie from whoever. It was too small, but he did have a hoodie on. Mm. And uh, the tats on his hands did appear as if somebody like closed their eyes mm. wrong-handed and just drew on yeah, it. Got him. He's, living, he's still smoking blunts. Yeah. Yeah. Got to respect it. He's living oh, his got best a pretty bike.
8: sweet bike. The bike was very nice. Yeah, really? really?
0: Was Blue? it a dyno? it was like a mountain bike. Longest. Oh. No. Nah. Didn't have if you'd had if you'd had
8: front and back pegs, would you and Sam have jumped on? So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the whole thing. If if it would have had pegs, I think
0: maybe a little bit more conversation. But he could barely ride that mountain.
8: How bike. awesome would that be if someone, a random person, took a picture of you and Sam riding on the same bike? If some random dude smoking blunts, she's on the front pegs and you're on the back.
0: Random homeless
8: guy with your little your little like hands out <laughs> of shoulders. All right, we're, we're we're going that way, bud. Yeah. Well, be awesome. would have been. I mean.
0: It was raining last night pretty hard. Yeah, I was gonna say. actually actually might have thought looked into that
8: if that was an option. But you could probably hire him, throw him a few bucks to go over to the old house and feed the animals the Fruit Loops and corn pops.
0: And well, stuff. I didn't have any money on me either, so I knew that's what he wanted, but I didn't have any money on me, and it didn't look like he was carrying a square around with him, you know. So I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't gonna be yeah. able to give him a card. Sure. So yeah. there was really there was no positive outcome except for a respect, respect, a couple of those, and a good laugh at him. You'll <laughs> be okay, you know. I don't know how many times he gets that in his life.
1: I definitely forgot that you would need my fob to get back into the garage. Yeah, so we were locked didn't out. Didn't
8: think that. Right. So we were stuck with that guy for like six where minutes. Was, where was Goomp? Were you sleeping?
0: Nah. No, Goomp doesn't sleep. Goomp doesn't sleep. Oh, I've been mind. in Goomp's
8: lobby over there. or walked through the halls. I didn't go in his, his place, but Anytime nice spot over do. there. Oh, yeah. We were in his garage,
0: actually. The garage, yeah. Same garage. I parked in that same garage. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good spot. It is a good spot. Hard to get into because very got blunts on a bike outside. That's right, yeah. Anyways, I, I bet that guy would have been an incredible whatever if uh, whatever happened didn't happen to him. So,
7: uh, Pat, can I uh, make an announcement? Yeah. Uh, just got confirmation on two guests for That's Hockey Whoa! Talk tonight. That's oh, This is what two we were guests. waiting for. Shit.
0: Let's go. This is what we were waiting for Let's today. go.
7: Uh, officially official at uh, eight pm. we will be joined by uh, Kevin weeks weeks weeks
0: the guys breaking news all over the globe in the middle of a windstorm in the back of a, uh, a like an electrical appliance closet mm-hmm. in the middle of a studio in his car on a bike next to that blunt guy I mean oh, we. This guy is a Fucking. former goaltender. He breaks news everywhere. Fucking weeks. He's on that. That's
7: not all, weeksy. Pat. No that's not way. all. We're also Mario. being joined by Minnesota Wild GM and former Pittsburgh Penguin Stanley Cup champion, Hello. Billy Garrett. G- oh,
6: oh Billy G.
0: Let's go. Hey, G U E R I N. You want to win? Get Billy Garrett. I mean, that is yeah. a, an absolute <laughs> stud. Huge. What a night. Yeah. YouTube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. Nick Moraldo, Goomp, also known as Goomps, <laughs> also known as Goompy, also known as Bubba Gumpino, Gumpy, Rupper, Stanley Cup champion, mm-hmm. Weeksy, and Hell Billy yeah. fucking G dude. Wow. Can't wait.
7: No. We got a show.
0: Can't wait to be in the comments section. Right? See in the yeah. comments. Yeah, yeah see in, in the, the box. Send in, Fox. Yeah, yeah Foxy, right. stop saying stupid <laughs> stuff about Yeah,
8: gotta gotta Go in there and pipe down. I mean, One of the- I mean, Foxy's right, though. For the NA, like, it's good for the NHL if Detroit is good because uh, people look no, at Detroit. Yeah, ads. why do
0: you think no one's cared for the last what five years? Because the Red Wings haven't been in the playoffs.
8: Well, ju- just real quick, you're right. Nobody
0: cares about the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, the NHL. They just signed a deal with two fucking networks. Yeah, yeah. What they know Red Wings about? are back. We got to sign a deal. We got to get people you guys are to back? See This team. You're You're where where are you bad? are bad at hockey. Who's the Who's the most upcoming team in the league? Upcoming. The season's over. Who what gives a fuck? Next year, Detroit. The Detroit. Thank you, AJ. No, okay. hey, Shut it. the fuck. It's Columbus up. before Detroit.
1: No. Not uh, uh,
5: It's a It's Detroit. It's hockey town. The are Cougars
0: are on the rise. <laughs> I gotta go nap. I'm gonna miss hockey talk probably <laughs> If I had to guess, I'm gonna miss. No, I'll, I'll probably wake. You. I gotta hit the stairmaster. I got. Up, I threw 400 punches yesterday in a fight. Before the the concert? Yeah, that's Jeez. why we were late. Because I was it fucking went to the fifth round. <laughs> what yeah. are you gonna do? <laughs> I didn't didn't expect, expect that. I didn't expect to go to the fifth round. I have. I did implement after the third round. I brought a chair in in the room over to my corner. Nice. And I actually sat in between rounds. You know, because they have the stool there in the virtual reality. Oh, uh, hey, you got it. And I just like stare at it every time. And it was after the third round. I was like. I would actually like, like the, yeah, yeah, I would like that stool. So I, I grabbed a, a chair in the room and moved it over, and I sat down on it. Boy, that minute went by a lot quicker when I was sitting down. You know, I was just staring up at it, and all of a sudden you hear ten seconds. Of <laughs> oh fuck! Stand back up. Here we go, round four, dude. That's why we were late. We missed Hotel California. <laughs> we missed Hotel California because I was boxing that son of a bitch. Man,
1: that's the fight game. Yeah, that's a good bout.
0: Yeah. yeah. Bro, i was blown up i was blown <laughs> i mean i was blown up after that fight i ended up just laying in my carpet and then uh i forgot we had to go to a concert obviously sure in that moment because i was just you know trying not to die and then sam gives me the old what are we doing and i was like oh fuck oh, that's right. concert <laughs> tonight and i rolled over and i used that same chair to get up and then i just kind of crawled upstairs. And then we showed up 25 minutes late into a 40-minute set and took a 20-minute break and had to do a hot lap and then watch fucking the dudes rock out.
4: Hell
6: yeah. Yeah. Hell
4: yeah.
0: Can't wait to watch that talkie talk tonight. Can't wait. I feel like I'm in really good shape, though. I feel like I'm in really good shape. You still got plenty cool. of time. Yeah. 12 days? 11 days?
5: Uh, 12. Because uh, it's Wednesday. Uh, one, two. 11, 11, it's 11 I believe. Yeah. 11
0: days. Uh, my head it was twelve, so we got less days than I thought, <laughs> well,
5: <laughs> including <laughs> today, twelve.
0: Oh yeah, today counts. Yeah. yeah, I feel good, AJ. I feel real good, actually.
8: What do you do You know what you're gonna wear?
0: Oh, that's a great question. No, because I gotta have uh,
8: wear speedos. Uh,
0: I don't think so.
8: Speedos? Sing? I would not do 12. those. Do any guys choose to wear those? I know Brock used to wear that back in the day, or do they get those get pushed on? Because I would imagine nobody wants to wear those. I think guys want to
0: wear it. Yeah, guys that wanted to be like professional wrestlers, like that is the wrestler's yeah, level. I guess, yeah. Give me the, the Batista, boots. Yeah. Give me the uh, give me the tights. The whole like, thing. Do
8: they ever get comfortable wearing that though and wrestling? In that,
0: I mean, Randy Orton's been wearing it for like 25, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah,
8: it's, I don't. Yeah.
0: By the way, he is
8: still, still my god still doing shredded.
0: It. As soon as I got back on Raw, he was there. And I was like, what's up, dude? He was like, I didn't see it, heard it went well. I was like, ah, I was probably the shits. He goes, oh, you're one of those guys? And I was like, every time? And I just walked right by or whatever, and he was like, oh, okay. It was kind of a cool little moment there, you know? Like, oh, you're gonna think you stink every single time? Yeah, yeah, every time, until I watch it. I'd like to watch it back. Oh, I didn't fuck up and ruin the business. That's good, that's good. (laughs) That's kind of how I I view everything, you know? Oh, did I ruin the business? Let me watch. I mean, not great, but I didn't fucking ruin it. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. Let's go. I'm pumped, AJ. We'll see you in Yana pal. How do Ohio State uh, pro day go? You think pretty good?
8: Yeah, I guess. I don't think they're throwing. They're like throwing right now. Started around noon, I think, doing like weight room stuff. But quarterbacks weren't going to throw till three, three thirty.
0: How come? Um, how come they're having Cardo
8: Jones throw? Why not? I mean, you need people to throw. I mean, C.J. Stroud is throwing too. The quarterback who is currently there. So both of them. Is that something like bigger schools does Ohio
0: State do that often? Older players. Troy maybe- came back.
8: Troy Smith came back and has thrown it a few pro days. Is it to get a look or is it just to help? I think both. Honestly. I think it yeah, maybe someone takes a shot on you. Maybe you look great and they take a shot, but also they need somebody with an arm that can throw to them.
0: Hey Neil Brown, I want to throw next year at the fucking. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Make it happen.
8: Uh, do they have any guys to go to the
0: Yes, West Virginia has NFL I guys.
2: I, well, no, I know they did,
0: but this guy—I don't know if there's... currently. What is going
8: on? They are got they? Graham Harrell now. Graham can throw to him.
0: Can't recruit, sure. dog. Well, Graham's not trying to get back in the No, Graham's not.
8: He still still can sling that thing. I mean, he's got a point.
0: You know, we are out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, didn't,
8: I didn't hear what someone said. Ty
0: started quoting Coach JB.
8: Yeah, <laughs> he did. I heard a
0: JB accent. I heard a JB <laughs> accent over here. And uh, we will let that one be. See you guys tomorrow. Hammer Don's in 15 minutes at youtube.com forward slash hammer. That's Hockey Talk tonight at 8 o'clock with Kevin Weeksy. Weeksie. 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 Billy Garen, Nick Maraldo, Gumpy, and Stanley Cup champion Mike Rupp. It's a hell of a day. Uh, we can't thank you all enough. See you tomorrow. Another big show tomorrow. Huge. Yes. And if you guys know any bookers, okay, I've made this bird call a few times, and it is a niche business. Yes. <laughs> but if you know anybody, if you know anybody that could we are back in the game of looking for bookers, okay? We are, we are attempting to find bookers for the show. Mm-hmm. If you know anybody, that'd be fantastic. And I understand other show hosts might be looking at me as if I'm lazy in doing all that. I concur. All right? I'm at the point where I don't want to be booking every fucking minute. Everybody has
8: bookers. No one's thinking that.
0: No, I think in the podcast game, you know, like where we come from, where we hail, the internet game, everybody's kind of doing their own. But I would like to, you know, formally wow. reintroduce myself to the booking community that we would we would like a booker. We would. Yeah. I have some other stuff going on at the moment. I don't want to wake up with anxiety, though. Oh, my God. We got nobody to talk to. Today.
2: I think every show, which there aren't many of them that go daily for three hours, probably a bookers.
0: I assume. A lot of them have networks, too, which also have bookers they go into the network. True. So that's what we need in our network. Uh, I'll make a Twitter account. Hashtag. Uh, at, uh, somebody's going to steal it. Let me make it. Uh, whatever they steal, we'll just make another one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a Twitter account. That's going to become our booker until we find a booker for this. We need one, though. We need one. It's not a fun job. It's actually a terrible job. Mm-hmm. Probably going to hear no a lot. Our show is impossible to book for from what I've Allegedly from yeah. experience. Mm. right? It's going to be tough to book for our show because we don't have a lot of, you know, networks have a lot of, uh, you know. Glad handers. Hey, we'll put you on this thing. You do this, you do that. We do not have that. But we do have a position open for a booker. If you know anybody that could potentially produce some results. Now, every booking company that we try, it ends up being the same exact thing. Give us a list of 400 people you'd like on the show. Okay. We'll take time to make this list. That I think and just gets thrown in the trash. Yeah, yeah, typically. I think it just gets thrown in the trash. And then just like whoever can, I mean, it's just the last people we were with were great. They were very nice people. Everything was awesome. But I do believe that our show has become very difficult to book for. So we are looking for somebody uh, that we will pay mightily to, mm-hmm. by the way. That is something mm-hmm. we will pay for, absolutely, if it takes the uh, morning oh fuck who's on the show mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm about done with doing that aj i'm about done with doing that
8: you know i get it Yeah, someone should be doing that for sure aren't you i'm not great at it
0: me neither i fucking stink at it because i don't care
8: like you know i just yeah it's it's tough to bug people i'm not the guy I like to some people like being the guy to set things up oh i got you know you want to go to dinner and a cool club and all that and people want to be that person i'm like i am not that person steve wants to do that from the concert yeah oh, yeah, yeah. call him St- steve enjoys doing that if he's yeah. awake tell him to to call in and send a resume i bet you steve
0: is moving something right now he's a salesperson he there's something on the move right now you know because he got his hangover out of the way probably about midnight last yeah. night yeah when he <laughs> when he awoke after desperado and kind of finished that thing out anyways we're looking for a booker be a friend tell a friend we can't thank you enough Hammered down then that's hockey talk you all are the best humans on earth can't wait to see what the nfl has in store for us manana cheers